Welcome to the Best Picture cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever. Decided to start a podcast to review each one, each episode myself. And revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a who-should-have-won podcast. We're here to discuss the inner circle of movies who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast and a subjective discussion by movie enthusiasts who don't claim to be trained experts. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie you think is trash, we encourage you to write us in at our email, which is bestpicturepodcast.yahoo.com. You can find us on any of our social media accounts at bestpicturecast. Iwinin diwata. We are back. That's right. And I've learned some Korean since we last met. We're doing our first foreign movie. We are doing our most recent movie ever. And I have some gentlemen here who are going to join us to talk about what us Westerners call Parasite or Kisengkong. That's how I know it. I'm working on it. Uh, okay, so this is a, this is one I've been waiting for for a while here. This is a movie that's uh, quite a mountain to climb, and I'm happy that I have two of the most prepared hosts that we have to offer, and Artie. So I'll start with <laughs> Artie. Artie B, how are you today? Hey, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> We're back in the Artie B studios. This is... Yeah, it's reopened. We, uh, we have to take a few months off because it is an outdoor studio, so during the winter... Even though this wasn't a bad winter, temperature-wise, it's not the most favorable of conditions to do a three-and-a-half, four-hour recording. No, certainly not when all the equipment freezes and, and all that stuff. But we're, you know, we got a nice little uh, Stringer Bell, we call it 40-degree day here today, so I think we should, be, we should be all right. Let's move along to Joey R. Joey. Oh, happy to be here and not freezing. A comfortable, no. nice evening to talk about this movie that I'm super excited to like when we started this all this was one early on that I mean one right after we started and right away I was like oh we need to talk about this so happy the day's here we have our fourth host as well it's been a minute since he's here but he is here indeed and he is Jay Dowski Jay hey guys pleasure to be back (laughs) that's right he's got his notes Joey's got his notes Artie has his notes I have some notes too we have uh, a lot to a lot to accomplish here today big one I did notice I have significantly fewer notes than Joey and Jay, <laughs> well, so you're spot on with your yes. pre- preparedness. Yeah, quote. Jay and Joey do not mess around here. They're two of the uh, best that we have to offer. Uh, we have lots of lots of prepared hosts here, though. So, well, um, thanks for letting me come along. <laughs> <laughs> Are you planning on latching onto one of us and I sucking the information out of us like Kieran, a parasite? Hopefully, Kieran lets me speak. That's right. Well, I am the host today, and. These are my parasites. Before we get into into this movie, uh, just to do a little housekeeping here, we've had quite the month here at Best Picture Cast. We did our action tournament, which was a tremendous success. We had for Steve, best uh, yes overall Steve B. though. What a success! Yeah, the most votes we've ever had by such a large margin. It was a, a great turnout. People interacting, people retweeting it, getting it out there. It was really fun stuff. We have two action movies to cover because we did a little, a little twist and had a little side action tournament on Instagram. Steve B won the both. The action master. Unbelievable. So you can expect those two movies coming up. Terminator 2 and Armageddon. Two very action-packed episodes that will be along the way. And Jay? I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you kept your brand going, man. Second place finish. Another Just one. Collecting lotto balls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Jay, one day you'll get there. And yeah. it's going to be for the movie you hate the most out of all that you've drafted. I have to do an episode on it. Yeah, just something you hate. Just <laughs> I mean, three of your of your second place finishes, Scream, The Exorcist, and Die Hard. All major contenders just didn't, didn't all work All bridesmaids. Yeah. <laughs> just didn't, didn't quite get all the way to the altar. And Super Troopers, too, right? Uh, was, oh, yeah. yeah, Super that Troopers. Was the yeah, first the one. original <laughs> sub-50. What did that lose to? Uh, Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Twins? Oh, Roadhouse. Yeah, that, yes. got, that got Roundhouse kicked. Right <laughs> out yeah, so that was a tremendous success. And our Oscar episode was our most downloaded episode in the first week of release that we've had since we've started this thing. A ton of listens, a ton of feedback. Significant amount of drop-off when the next episode came, which means probably a lot of people didn't like what we had to say, Joey, but um, it was... <laughs> but, you know... It's great you guys are losing us followers. <laughs> but here's what I'll say. While people may not have liked what one of us said, we were all... I think overall we were balanced because we all had different takes on things. So I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I think we really balanced each other out. You can go and check that episode out. It doesn't date us. We weren't just giving our predictions or our odds to win or anything like that. We were just going on what we thought of the movies and... and Does it rhyme with pelvis? Uh, no. Oh no! It, it was the eventual winner. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. And or you know, everywhere. Or, oh, yeah. that's neither here nor there, nor anywhere, or everywhere, everywhere all at once. Never. But uh, we also just have a lot of fun recording that, and I think that did, comes yeah. through because it's, yeah. it's just a blast to go through all the categories and get into it. Sounds daunting. Yeah, it, it was definitely an exhausting project, just seeing all the movies and and getting uh, getting them in in our order the best we could, but. I'm happy with the final product. It's a great product. Great did, episode. Did you guys see every movie for every nominee? Like, even the acting nominees? All oh, yeah. of the acting, all of the cinematography, all of the directors and pictures. Yeah. yeah. And original uh, screenplay. And original screenplay. Yeah, it was a lot of movies. In addition to that, I just had had a lot of people reach out and, and just give feedback. I got I to gotta say, like as, as fun as it is when we get the week-to-week interaction with new episodes... It really kind of makes me smile and gets to me when someone either emails or DMs about one of the older episodes, you it's know, or, or one that we recorded three years ago, and they just watch it, they watch the movie, listen to the episode, and you know, we get that from that. That's a lot of fun, you know. Like I, they're all, each of these episodes are all like, uh, like, like little family members uh, for me because they were all moments where we sat down, had some drinks, had a good time talking about a movie. There's never been a recording session where I didn't have fun. Yeah, uh, and and it's all documented with these episodes. And we don't half-ass things, so like everything's so thorough. There's a memory attached to it, which is really cool. And I think that's why the return to episodes are so much fun and so popular. Yes, and we have two of those out. One just dropped the uh, Return to the Cuckoo's Nest, yeah. and the first one was Return to the Departed. Already, that's right. Yes, we'll be talking about that one uh, a, a little later when we do our dive back to 2019. Something like the Rocky episode, which, you know, is one that I look back at and kind of a little scared of, and that's kind of like, uh, if, if that's a, a sibling of mine or a, ch- a child of mine, that would be like like Bart's evil twin that's locked right. in the attic, you know? Because that episode is only that way because of when it happened. I mean, yeah. it's very long. We're all, over, we're all over the place. But it was a fun conversation. And you know what? It's a good episode. And really I have someone episode. DMing me saying, hey, I just rewatched Rocky for the first time in, in 20 years, and I listened to your episode and, and then had a blast with it. Like, that that makes me feel it's good. It's a really so. good episode. So it's But the nice thing is we don't date these things. We're not like, oh, what's happening on this date when yeah. we're recording? We don't... Yeah, they, they hold up. So if, you, if you're out there listening to an old one, just... Shout us out, you know, and uh, let us know what you think. That's always always fun for us. Okay, so let's talk about the movie at hand here today. And that is indeed Parasite. 
And I'm going to ask you guys what you brought along to drink for this occasion. What, are, what route are we going? Joey, I'll start with you. So I think at this point, Montauk has muted me on all social medias <laughs> um, because of their refusal to bring back the Session IPA. But I still support the brand because I love Montauk. So I have the Montauk Pilsner, like the deep blue, royal blue maybe. It's light, it's drinkable. I think it's really good. My friends call that one crushable. Crushable. In the summer. Yes. I'm not, a, I'm not a huge Pilsner guy myself, but I don't know that I've, I've tried that one recently. I might have maybe in like the original run yeah. a bit, but it's been a while. I usually go for the IPAs with that. Artie, what do you have here today? Um, this is one of my favorites. This is a New Belgium Voodoo Ranger IPA. Aha. The New Belgium Brewery. It's from Colorado, but very, very accessible all throughout the country. Oh, yeah. Yes. Jay, I'll kick it off to you. So I got to the... Bevy Mart, and I said, let me do my best Kieran B impersonation and see how can I relate this beer to the movie Parasite. <laughs> and I had Stone IPA in my hand in reference to the Philosopher's right. ah, Stone. Yes. And I put it back for uh, a throwback to my college days and got Rolling Rock, which is a rock, and it's green. So I thought it was very... Uh, applicable to the movie itself. Very nice. And a nice little throwback to our Deer Hunter episode from earlier on mm-hmm. this season. Correct. Many a Rolling Rock was consumed that That night. was still this season? Yeah. yeah. Jesus, yeah. I don't understand how any of this works. And believe it or not, I, I got a little uh, message on Instagram today. You know, they do like little throwbacks. Our season four finale, I'm sorry, our season three finale, Green Book, aired today one year ago. So... Season four has been a journey. Wow. It's, yeah, yes. and we've released the most content. I mean, our hundredth episode was released in September. Mm. The upcoming release next week is our hundred twenty fifth. A lot going on here. A lot going on here at Best Picture Cast. What can I say? It's been a it's been a jam packed, potted up year, and we th- took our first little break. Too. We actually so, took a break yeah. for the first time. This is our first time back in the RDB studio since that Deer Hunter episode. I believe that was the last. Jesus, one we did here. is that right? Yeah, it was. A, it's been a nice uh, little hiatus. It was last summer. Wow. So Jay. You were a little disappointed, you know, when you saw what I was drinking, and you're like, oh, what is the tie-in there? So I have the uh, Montauk Watermelon. Believe it or not, guys, depending on how long this episode goes, um, I'm celebrating a birthday at midnight. Yeah. So we might be oh, on the cool. air, you know, if, 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 if PPC tradition is as expected and we, we go over two and a half hours, we will be on the air when I uh, have my birthday. So How old, how said, old are you turning? We don't, uh, we don't talk about that. We don't discuss numbers around here. This is, a, this is a friendly podcast. I decided it's my birthday, and you know what? Fuck it, I'm drinking a watermelon ale. I don't care what Grant has to say about it. I don't care what anyone has to say about it. I'm drinking out of season. Is it this season's batch? Probably not. Uh, almost certainly not. Grant's it's... probably listening to this going, what do you mean what I would say about it? He's like, I don't give a shit what Kieran drinks. <laughs> he doesn't like when I drink watermelon out of season. But uh, here I am well, today spring. drinking it. Uh, yeah, and, the, and this yeah, this is this this is this year's batch. Um, yeah. I'm on that box looked super new. <laughs> yeah, not at all <laughs> makeshift. It might, it might not. It might not even be last year's batch. To be I would. Honest. I wouldn't be surprised if one of the ones in there wasn't a watermelon and it was something else, like a Coors Light. It could be. It's could like be. watermelon with a V. <laughs> but Jay, but fear not. I have something else for you that connects to the movie. Ooh. Okay. Because I could be on the air celebrating the birthday here. You, it's going to have to be birthday shots, or at least birthday shot for me. So I brought along. This doesn't happen often, and it, I think it happened on our Deer Hunter episode, too. Dude, I have to be up so early. You don't have to take a shot. I just sit here and drink by myself. I have here. Oh, boy. A <laughs> bottle of Patron tequila, which <laughs> was <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. Uh, nice. And, and 
the character not just drank it, but drank out of the bottle. Right out of the bottle. I don't think I've ever seen before someone drink out of a bottle of Patron. Don't fuck with so Jessica, we man. Go. Well done, Kieran. Well done. Patron, a, a bit of a... A bit of an overrated tequila, you know. Right. It's nothing, uh, nothing special. Although I feel like recently it's kind of gone down in popularity, so it's getting back to, back to being something that where it be should be. Well, like yeah. the celebrity tequila is kind of overshadowed it yeah. for a bit. Yeah, it's sure. it's very good chilled. I mean, most tequila is very good chilled. All ah, right, there it is, popping up. Popping bottles. Popping bottles. Do a little splash here. Do you want me to get the sparklers and come carry it out to you? <laughs> Well, you did bake a cake for me today. Is it your I birthday did. already? Yeah. Jesus, not yet, not yet. You well, I didn't. I didn't say my birthday shot will be for my first shot. Just <laughs> <laughs> said it'll, it'll exist. Okay, nice. so all of that is in order here. Parasite, Joey. I'm going to start with you. As we start, I think this is a nice little time to plug the other podcast you're on because you're going to be covering this movie and a bunch of other movies in a few weeks. Why don't you tell the people about that? Yeah. So over at a thousand and one by one, one of the things we do is do director rankings so um you know this week in eraser head episode as you know as recording is coming out and then two weeks the david lynch rankings episode is coming out and in about six weeks from now we're going to be doing the bong joon ho rankings um the episode we're going to do attached to it is the host and then we're going to rank all of his uh eight movies so really exciting Very and cool. yeah so over to thousand and one so follow us twitter instagram that's gonna be a fun one let us know what you think because i think that's gonna be a little all over the place yeah i can't wait to hear your thoughts on those I, I believe it or not i've seen most of his movies at this point and now i guess you've seen them all at this point right you still have a couple of more to knock off two more two more okay first time you saw parasite i had tickets for this for january 24th 2020 at the belmore theater and on january 23rd my wife got hospitalized to be induced with our son six weeks early so i did not make that um screening uh, so once she was released from the hospital a week later, my son was in the NICU and one day we went and saw him in the morning and we didn't go back, to, you know, we couldn't go back to that night and Kristen went home. She's like, I'm going to go to sleep for hours. I said, okay. She said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to go see Parasite. So I didn't know what else to do with my time. I was in this really weird, like emotional yeah, limbo of imagine. time where I didn't know what to do with my days if it wasn't like based off the NICU uh, for those nine days. And I saw this. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and it's very memorable to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jay, how about you? Your first experience with Parasite? I think I saw it the first week it opened up, and uh, I thought it was going to be a horror film. <laughs> 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 had no idea what it was about. Only saw the title and saw that, you know, I got good reviews. And uh, so when I first saw it, I was like, this was not the movie I thought. <laughs> I enjoyed it nonetheless. Yeah. I don't know how you prepare for this. With the tra- I was watching the trailers today, and I was like, they did as best as they could with this. RDB, your first experience with Parasite. Right after it won Best Picture, I watched it on uh, TV mm-hmm. and loved it. Yeah. yeah. And um, I've probably seen it twice since then, so like three times total before the watches for this. Yeah, cool. I love it. Yeah. I, I think, uh, Jay, on, on your first Best Picture Guest episode, the uh, American Beauty episode, you asked me about some of my favorite movie theater experiences. Yes. I think I told this story about Parasite uh, at that. I saw this one at the Cinema Arts Center in, in Huntington. Probably, I think, in like December before the Oscars. Yeah, you were early on. Year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and packed theater. People sitting, like, you know how the, the front row was never occupied. There we are, sitting in the front row because we got there, you know, we got there only like 10 minutes early. People sitting in the aisles during it. Like, it was just like they sold every ticket they could to get people in there. And I had never seen a foreign film before. So oh, wow. it was my first ever foreign film. 
and it was an experience and a half. You know, knew nothing going in, just sat down, was a little concerned about being in the subtitle. Front row. Well, oh. well, I mean, yeah, initially, yeah, you know, you don't really have a choice of that. But the, the subtitles, you know, I was just unsure about, you know, how that was going to go. And you know, two minutes into the movie, you're past it, and right. you're just in. That's this world. gone. Didn't know at that point that it would be a Best Picture winner, but here we are. Yeah. I mean, in that year, you know, it won the Palme d'Or, and it had, you know, momentum, but it wasn't so overblown the way things are now, like the Oscar season. Yeah. So then, and, it, and we weren't so deep into the world either, so it might, right. have, so it maybe, might have been. <laughs> maybe it was just as annoying, but, right. um, but you know, it, it had the kind of the, the, can, the Palme d'Or push, so, um, you know, when I saw it, it was packed, and it was still about six weeks before, and I remember you talking about when you had seen it about a month before me, that yeah. story, so it was being seen, which is great. Initial thoughts here, before we get into the, the real nitty-gritty with it, just some kind of some opening thoughts on, on the film. Whenever, you know, the question comes up to us a, a lot because of, you know, all of this and our involvement on Twitter or whatever, you know, what favorite movies, and this is always on, you know, favorite winners, this is always on the top of my list for me, mm-hmm. you know, not to get too far ahead of it. I think it's a masterpiece, you know, we'll talk about everything, but I, I love this movie so much. I think I've seen it now with it four or five times and I get more and more from it each time. Like it's such a rewarding, enriching movie that I'm really excited to really get into it with you guys. Yeah, yeah. Already how about you? I just love everything about this movie. It's it's a it's a really entertaining watch, and also it's it's like Joey said, masterfully crafted. It's mm. got a lot of different layers you can pay attention to to enjoy. I'll piggyback on that. <laughs> uh, after I first my first viewing of the movie, I was kind of like jarred by the ending, and really, it wasn't a movie I expected to see. And so I ha- I thought it was a good film. I mean, but having to have to do this episode and watch it a couple more times to to piggyback on what they're saying there are just layers and levels of this movie that you just keep seeing and and seeing as you the more you watch it so it's very it's very rewatchable all i mean and there's not one scene that's wasted so right i think already texted the other the pacing is incredible so oh, it's, it's so rewatchable that you pick up more because you keep you could keep watching it and yeah. not not to do a spoiler, but to the point you just said about every scene's perfect, like the cutting room floor scene uh, category for this, this is probably the hardest we've done. Listen, doing these episodes, you know, there's there's certain there's only been a handful here that I've been like genuinely nervous to cover, and you know, when I say nervous, one of the one of the root parts of those nerves is not wanting to miss something or not wanting to leave something out or, or get out of there like, ah, we did a whole episode and we didn't talk about this. and talk about that. That's one of the reasons why our episodes run so long is we, we want to get into we're it thorough. all. We're, we're, we're diving deep. We're, we're going long form. Shawshank was one uh, godfather, uh, both godfathers, Lawrence. And, you know, this is one that, you know, I'm, I today I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a handful. I think you three are the perfect to talk about it. I can't wait to get into this. And the other thing excited about, too, is there's always a little level of excitement when you're covering a new director that you haven't yes, talked about yet. Which is and great. we've especially like a new great director. And, you know, earlier this season, we had Frank Capra for the first time. We just did Clint Eastwood for the first time. And Bon Joon-ho is a whole new world of movies here that we get to discuss today and, and, and his style and his approach. And, and even his, South Korean films as a whole, like there's yeah. just so much to it that we never touch on and we wouldn't. Yeah. 
I will say that I think it's very possible that we missed something because I'm on my fourth viewing and I'm like, this movie's smarter than me. There's something that I'm not understanding. I had the same thought, like, shit, we have a lot to cover in this. And I just came to grips with the fact that we're going to miss things. And when we go back, we're like, fuck, I wish I brought this up. Yeah. And to your point about being on an episode with people who are going to help carry you, you can't have two better people than Jay and Joey. I was thinking today, too, Jay, your episode with, with American Beauty that we, we just referenced before, like that was an episode where you pointed out a lot of things going on in the film. And I, while I was watching this one, I'm like, wow, this is like one of those type of movies where there's a lot to point out visually. Oh, yeah. And, and there were some things that I know that American Beauty is kind of this movie that people, the, the general consensus has their issues with it these days, which I think is a little ridiculous. But I do see some, some comparative things between these, these two films. Definitely. Yeah, so I was like, you know, Jay's there, and he's gonna, he's gonna open my eyes to a couple of things. Today, I'm sure. You know, it's just something that everything matters. Like nothing is haphazard in this. Everything is there for a purpose. Like this person's doing this thing for a reason. It's not just a background person doing something, and that makes it daunting. Every aspect of this movie is deliberate. And I have a quote from Bong here. The quote I have from here today. I just thought this was. It's just really interesting to hear a filmmaker say that about his own movie. He was just kind of talking Parasite, and he said, I, I come away with different impressions every time I watch it. And, like, that's something that someone says about someone else's movie, not their own. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it, I think that goes to show how much went into this and how it's not as simple as this is this intricate puzzle and you have to put it together and I know the answers and you don't until you do that's not how this movie works that's not how really movies should work and different people should take different things out of it and yes. even a, a, a filmmaker himself can get different impressions each time he watches it so I, I really liked that quote that but quote a lot it just shows how much there is to it when the guy creating this world and this universe is seeing new themes and everything mm. come to play it's, it's brilliant the way he describes screenwriting comes off as if he's like a medium you know, he kind of describes it as like he has he he learns the story as he goes, mm, which yeah. is a lot of great writers write that way. Yeah, it's but, like because it started off. This started off as a play for him, and then as he was writing it, he realized it needed to be bigger. Let's get into the whole the whole lot of it now. Uh, we are about to, to dive, plunge, submerge all the way back to 2019. Yes, this is the, the most recent movie we've covered here on the <laughs> podcast, so there's not a whole lot of leap to that, do. That was the last pretty good year. <laughs> let's so. do it the year was indeed 2019 in 2019 the u.s president was donald trump who actually commented on this year's best picture win questioning why the best picture award would go to a movie from south korea considering the state of trade between the two countries <laughs> I'm not exactly sure Donald uh, well, understands that, how the process of the Academy goes. That but. doesn't get weighed heavily in the voting. <laughs> <laughs> he then opined uh, for classic oh, movies, God. Gone with the Wind and Sunset Boulevard. Whatever happened to those movies? They are both pretty damn good films, I will say that. Baseball. This is a World Series we've probably talked about more than any World Series here. Yeah, you guys were watching it. <laughs> we were watching it while we were recording yeah. our pilot. <laughs> yeah. It was, well, what was it, Artie? Do you remember? The <laughs> I, I knew you were going to ask me. I swear to God. Uh, was it the uh, the Giants? It was not. No. Is it the Cardinals? It was Well, not. I didn't. I knew it wasn't the yeah. Giants. That's why I said them. 
It was a game seven. It was a seven game series between the Houston Astros and the Washington Nationals. And the Washington Nationals did win that championship. As I said, it's a, we've referenced this quite a bit, being that we uh, were there to watch it happen. Um, but, you know, that's okay. It's part of the that's, lore of that BPC. That I don't have a memory. <laughs> it was the 115th World Series. It was between the Washington Nationals and the Houston Astros. Houston Astros, this is just in the wake of their whole trash can scandal stuff. Uh, the Nats won the series four games to three. This is the first and to date the only world championship for the Washington Nationals franchise. The Nationals, formerly known as the Montreal Expos, for changing locations in 2005, moving from Montreal to Washington, D.C. I love the Expos logo. Yes, yes, good old Expos. Jay, what was your who's your all-time favorite Expo? Larry Walker. Larry Walker, good answer. Artie, you have a... Uh, Vlad. Vlad. Good answer too, Joe. Vlad, Vlad, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with the big cat, Andres Galarraga. I also really like Pedro. Yeah, Pedro's. Yep. Pedro. They, they, they could have won the World Series in '94 if they had a World Series. Yeah. They had a hell them of and a, the them and the Yankees had the two best team. records. Right. Did they have Bo Bichette? Um, Dante Bichette. I don't. Dante I don't Bichette think Dante Bichette, Bichette was ever. A, no, he was a Blue Jay. Right? And he was a Rocky, a Rocky, and a uh, and a. I think a. Angel, maybe? Angel Indian. This was the only championship series in major sports history. So not just baseball, all the four major sports, where the home team lost every game in a seven-game series. It's the first and only time that's happened. Wow. The away team won every game in a seven-game series. It had happened before in a five-game series, but never in a seven. The Nats were managed by Dave Martinez. The World Series MVP was Steven Strasburg, who got a giant contract afterward, and I don't think he's pitched since. No, he's (laughs) dealing with chronic everything injuries. I think he he chronic relaxation. Yeah, seven-year, three hundred million dollar contract, and made like eleven starts. He's really is it that little? Yeah, it's like eleven or twelve starts. He's really good at rehabbing. Wow, you know what? Good for him. (laughs) <laughs> so our last episode was Unforgiven, where um, I definitely sent a couple shots Jay's way in that one. because <laughs> Wait, did Jay not was, like uh, that? No, no. It was just 1992, and there was some 92 baseball talks. Sid Bream might have been mentioned a couple times. Jay's a big Pirates fan. Uh, but 92 was the year. That episode hasn't aired yet as, as the date of this recording. But this is a very interesting BPC fact, because this is the first time where... We have the same number one song artist on consecutive episodes. And the gap is pretty significant. 92 and 2019. Now, you guys were not on the Unforgiven episode. Do you have any guess who that artist might be? Who had the number one song in 92 and was on this song that was the number one this year. Do you, you have it, Jay? All right. If you, if you have it, don't say it yet. Any thoughts? No? Wait, give me a second. Song? Okay. okay. Jay thinks he has it. It actually wasn't the number one in 92, but it was listed amongst the number one songs that we listed that year. I have an educated guess. Okay. All right, Jay, what do you got? What do you think? Now let him go now. No, no. You, no, let's see what you got. My uh, guess is Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus is yeah. correct. Oh, wow. The number that. one song right. of 2019. I was not getting that. Was Old Town Road by Little Nas X featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. You know Trent Reznor gets songwriting credit for that? Uh, oh, you know, I did. They sampled the, the, the little a tiny acoustic riff off of Ghosts 4 that yeah. Trent Reznor wrote. Dude, he put out these albums just so people sample them and pay him money. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, brilliant. 
Um, yeah, so uh, that's that song was a little controversy because it was like de-considered a country song. Like it was like at first was on the country charts, and then they're, what they're do you like, think? You're a big... that that ain't country. Oh, um, is that true? Is yeah, that like... and, they, and they took it off. The... You're a big um, country aficionado. What yeah. do you think? I mean, I'm I'm not a I'm not a big I'm not bigging. I mean, you you guys hear hear me with these the tournaments. Like I I'm very genre fluid. You know, right. I'm not I'm not big into saying this is isn't this this isn't horror this isn't action i like they so yeah to me it's 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 a country song i would think it is no i mean it's very clearly like a, a hip-hop song you know so there's that too but i don't see why why a song can't be both right you know? it seems like it hits both pretty cleanly i would think yes the uh taking the horse down to old town road in 2019 here's the other number one songs from 2019 and this list gave me like a panic attack because 2019 was like the last it was a very, very busy year as far as the bar goes, and it was right before the pandemic. So these are like all the songs that summer I hear every goddamn night and just, you know, brings... brings PTSD. Yeah. Um, but here's one from, Joey, one of your favorite movies, Post Malone, Sunflower. Hell yeah. And that's from Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yes, it is. Right. Listen to that today. Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Duh. Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. Sucker by the Jonas Brothers. They were still doing like new stuff. Yeah, this, this is actually the only. It's the only Jonas Brothers song I actually know. I've recently yeah. learned to love that third Jonas Brother that no one <laughs> knows his name. But every time I look at him on stage, I'm like, they give him a guitar. He walks around, doesn't even play it. It's like doesn't sing. You watch a lot of Jonas Brothers. I've seen like two concerts in the last like year on on TV for some reason. I don't know why. Daughters. It, nope. <laughs> Can't even use that as an excuse. Like I gave you an out. No, it was like. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was like 11 o'clock at night. Oh, just one of those things. Yeah. Uh, two more notable number ones. Truth Hurts by the great Lizzo. And Lizzo is great. I hope that wasn't a joke. Um, it was just a statement. Um, and we have, from the movie A Star is Born, the Oscar-winning Shallow by Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, a movie that you finally saw already, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I watched it through tears, but I uh, <laughs> it, it was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. You've been recommending it forever. So have you, Joey. It's it's really awesome. And my wife and I just caught the very, very beginning of it, like 30 seconds in. So I'm like, all right, let's just watch it. And if it sucks, we'll shut it off. And the first time they pull Lady Gaga up on stage, <laughs> my wife's like, why am I crying right now? And I was like, this is my response. I was like, I don't know. Also. <laughs> <laughs> Also crying uh, my eyes out. Made me so happy. Oh, no, that that would have really hurt if, if you were like, this sucks. Like, fuck. No, but I, I'm... Okay, so I'm... To be a, a bad guy here, duh. I am fully of the mind that Bradley Cooper seduced Lady Gaga off screen and created real chemistry with her in order to get a performance out of her because her engagement immediately ended after the filming of this movie. I think there, his did too. There were yeah. fan theories. So yeah, I'm I'm sure. thinking he that was his that was like his method acting like oh you know what she can't really act let me create real chemistry and they'll just video it. I'll just video it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I that's my well, theory. Uh, a well-earned acting nomination for both of them for sure. But 2019 the best picture winner was Parasite was written, directed and produced by Bong Joon-ho. Original screenplay also written by Han Jin Won. Music by Jung Jai Il. Cinematography by Hong Kyung Yo. Film editing by Jin Mo Yang. Production design by Lee Ha Jun. Set direction by Wan Wu Chu. 
and it's not over yet, but this is this entire project for for those who are frequent listeners to the pod you were all ready for this so and that's why i had to learn a little korean before to get on the good side of the far east parasite is starring song kang ho chi woo sik lee yun yun park so dam jang yi jin and cho yo young parasite was nominated for six oscars and was the winner of four including best picture best director best original screenplay Best International Feature Film. Also nominated for but did not win production design and film editing. Parasite number 34 on the IMDb 250. Immediately behind and quite poetically so. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. It's perfect. And it is just ahead of a few... Age of Ultron. <laughs> yeah. A few BPC relevant films here. Uh, Lion King is an episode that we had. Jay and Artie are both on that one. Gladiator, not an episode yet, but one in the uh, in the future for sure. And The Departed, our pilot episode too. So just, Great just ahead of those. Yes. As Joey mentioned before, is the winner of the Palme d'Or. Uh, only three Best Picture winners went on to win the Palme d'Or. One we covered already. One we are yet to cover. The one we covered was The Lost Weekend. Artie wrote on that episode. And Marty is the other one. Joey, why don't you explain to people what the Palme d'Or is? I think the way you say it is like Cannes Film Festival. Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, I never say it right. Um, you know, they do a bunch, they premiere a lot of movies. It's a film festival and they have winners. And, you know, they have director, actor, da-da-da, but the best picture winner is called the Palme d'Or. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's big. There's a lot of big movies throughout the years of one. I may have lost respect for it after this year, though, or at least... At least question the the what was uh, triangle of sadness. Triangle of sadness was right, the winner right, right, this year, right. which was very much my uh, least favorite. Ah, I was a big fan. I'm a big movie. fan of that movie. But you know, I, it has Woof. a it has a very big. Like David Lynch has won last year. Titan won the year before this. Like they have a big. They're very open minded to what wins, and Titan it's cool. Won the Palme d'Or. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So uh, so that's the that was Parasite that year, and it's a summer festival right yes yeah it's in france i should say on that number 34 mdb2 it's also five slots behind t2 which is uh, going to be one of our next episodes we'll have coming out i love also. that it's like attached to psycho like, that that's is great. so yeah, relevant right, right yeah. behind it there parasite was shot on a 15.5 million dollar budget it grossed in the box office 263.1 million so good, worldwide good roi Yes, it uh, made quite a lot of money. Seventy-seven days to make too. Uh, really? Yeah. So that's a uh, that's quick. Quick turnover there, especially with the two different sets. Like it's it's big. That's it's a lot of moving pieces. When you're really good at storyboarding, it makes it easy. Mm. And he's that's something he's very very passionate about. Oh right? yeah. Great script, great storyboarding. Things come together. Amazing. Okay, we are here now, gentlemen. Parasite. Where does one begin when talking about this film? I guess, Artie, maybe we'll have uh, you kick us off here, if you don't mind. Well, you could tell right off the bat that I'm <laughs> totally kidding. Check off, check off your bingo check card. Check it off the check bingo Check off card. your bingo card. I'll just jump into one of my favorite parts of the movie. The, the way the camera moves uh, vertically, horizontally, a lot of pans at 90-degree angles, 180-degree angles. And they're not just done randomly. Like, every time there's a... 180 degree camera pan it's when one of the kims is swindling one of the parks like selling them pitching them on their their story every time kim you the kim son kim son sounds like a name now yeah so so this is i think this is i think this is how we're going to do this here so we have the two families there's the parks and the kims 
the Parks are the haves, and the Kims are the have-nots. Okay. Okay, so we'll, we'll do father, son, Kim. Uh, yeah. So at the beginning of the movie, it jumps out right away when the, the, every time he's going to that house, he's walking upstairs, his mm-hmm. parents are mm-hmm. looking up at him. Everything is very deliberate, and yeah. that's, you know, to the point of it being next to Psycho, is the staircase is a big motif in all of Hitchcock movies, yes. for the most part. And Bond calls this a stairway movie. Right. In case you were wondering at home, and our allusions to Psycho and that, this is, there is a ton of Hitchcock in this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, he's not hiding it or pretending it. I think Hitchcock's image actually appears uh, in no, the, the movie at one the, point. The uh, Hitchcock's uh, filmography, like all his DVDs are... On screen at one point, yeah, Yeah. in the Parks house. Um, Yeah, yeah. so there's no hiding it there with that. And the stairs and the uh, voyeurism looking through glass and looking through. It's it's Hitchcock and Kurosawa all through this. It's Kurosawa with the, you know, I forget the name of the movie, but it was one of his early ones where literally poor people were always up. Yeah, high and low. Yeah, high and low. And he literally used angles to show looking up and looking down on people and just turning everything so vertical on this is so interesting yeah i mean let's start there for me uh the opening shot is them in their basement looking up through these windows and those those squares and the rectangle patterns on those windows look the same as that um wall where the basement door was in the in the park's house so there's always like you know it's just very familiar yeah Yeah. but absolutely the that kim family the have-nots right from the bat is looking up at the rest of the world from their apartment. Yep. And it yeah. slow pans down to Kim Woo, the sun, and it's just, it brings you right into the, the, the kind of desperation of the world. And they're literally walking around their apartment, reaching up, trying yep. to steal some Wi-Fi, like trying to get a little more. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all so deliberate and it just methodical. It's really just and they're And they're literally messy. getting pissed on yeah, they <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, they're in their apartment. They're below the toilet. So yep. even the toilet is above them yeah. in, in their room. The structure of both the apartment, and we'll get to the house at some point, um, two of my favorite parts of this movie, or, or call that the same part, so carefully structured and, and as already as you put it, storyboarded and, and planned out and plotted. You know, the house itself was completely constructed by them. It's not a real house. It's a set. And the basement was in a... A tank was in a a, a water tank because yeah. when they had to to flood it later in the film. So this this thing this thing was built from hand. And Artie, you talked about the camera work. I mean, how this movie was not up for cinematography Absurd. is just <laughs> yeah ridiculous. He Bong was really proud that it was up for production design. I mean, yes. it should have won I, for production. I mean, Hollywood once upon a time in Hollywood yeah. probably won right. Yeah, um, it, but, but the production yeah. design is top I mean, notch. It's, it's as good as it gets. Man. Literally, as I mean, good as it gets. They, you know, they call those like the T intersections. Mm. You know, and it just leads into the semi basement. Like it's just leading you into the poverty of it all. It's just all built to hold you back. The other incredible thing about the the two houses side by side is that their window has those bar the the yep. porf, the, the have nuts, right their windows have like those bars yep. and it's very closed off the parks window is literally just the biggest window in the world <laughs> with no bars and yep. you just see the entire world it's an incredible difference between the two places where they live and yeah. that's a that's the production designer yeah, yeah. he's like it's, they easily could have made put an extra door or something stupid but it's so deliberate there's going to be a, a number of things that i'll going to kick around the uh, kick around the room when it comes to symbolism and in, in, in turn theme. So be prepared for that as we go, because there's a number of, of things that I think 
in many ways present more questions than have answers. So they, they are very, very podcast friendly. I want to talk just about this, the pizza boxes and and that situation there. So we have, uh, they're essentially, I guess they're just being commissioned to fold. To fold the boxes. boxes. Yep. Right. And then they just get, they get paid a per a, box. A, yeah. Probably a, a pennies. Per box. Yeah. And, the, and the owner is swindling them. This is not that. One out of four are are rejects as they put it there and it's there's a, a cool little shot of um almost like a um a deep focus shot of mm-hmm. getting all their faces that go from from blurry to clear as they're saying one out of four is the reject uh, what did you make out of that statement um both practically and and as to quote the character metaphorically it's so metaphorical it's a metaphor yeah <laughs> it's uh, what, what are your what are your thoughts on that uh, anyone, joe you want to go first I, you know, it's, I think it's just again like fleeting opportunity, like almost the the um, like the illusion of chance, where it seems like it, but there's always going to be some hurdle. And you know, they're watching YouTube videos because you know it was, it was the dad who was botching it, right? Like, so he's the one who couldn't do it when the rest of them are kind of crushing it. So kind of getting into the family roles and how the son kind of steps up because he's the more socially motivated. Mm-hmm. It's a great. Uh, it is a great foreshadowing. Right. I wrote this down. I'm glad you brought it up. Like the box folder says talks about one bad box could do, you know, horrible things to the branding mm-hmm. of the company. And then he goes to this picture of the dad's face and his yep. dad just like totally rejected, like just so upset at this idea yep. that first, like he was the failure, I guess, yep. but also just crushed by this superficial mindset that right. he has to co- he sees it again, keep up with. You know, we see that same exact face under the couch, right. under the table later. Right. Like it, it's it's just... It's like the same fucking face. It's right. so impressive that they were able to pull that off. And, you know, because, you know, watching it, because, you know, the first time you kind of see that scene and, you know, watching the video and the, the cut off pieces of the side of the pizza box don't make sense. Then you're like, oh, shit. Oh, there's and it, and it just also leads to the stakes of this for them. There's also like a little there's I feel like this is a, the first instance where the Kim family is talking down to people who are either socially equal as them or socially below them the way i feel like they kind of talk down and look down on the basement a family mm-hmm. uh, that's hiding in the basement they yeah. kind of like laugh at this box folder like oh yeah like you're not like you can't fool us what do you got like this this rinky dink kind of operation going on here like they don't so i thought that was kind of like another idea of like it, well and it also shows how very quickly they're able to team up right right right, right like like all of it, it's the it's it's the son, then the daughter, then the mom, and they're circling, and the camera gets tighter and tighter, and just yeah. you feel the claustrophobia yeah, of the boss. Yeah, social dynamics yep. are, and, and the strength of, of it. Yeah, yeah, you see, and it goes in the order. Yeah, because it goes son first, then daughter. Like you see their team yep. up. The, and right, right. And it's so we're moving, we're moving to the next stage already. Exactly, but in um, here the mom goes first because the dad stays out of the um, the job interview part because right. he stays out of it because of his dejection at his perceived failure. Yeah. So I never thought of it as a, a metaphor that one-fourth of them are bad. And then she looks back at the dad and then the deep focus shot, he's just dejected. He's like, yeah. fuck, it's fake. So he, all everyone he made basically is bad. Because he was doing the, the quick spin yep. that, he, that he thought he got out of, out of YouTube. Yeah. So it's a metaphor for him holding the family back. Like they can do it and he's kind of the one that's always claiming to have a plan. But his plan never gets them anywhere. They just kind of stay where they are. Also, that is the beginning of um, showing us their skills as con artists. The way they sweet talk the woman who mm-hmm. owns the pizza, the yep. pizza company. 
not really sweet. You should fire that guy. They scam yeah. her, basically. Yeah. They, they con her. They convince her. You know, they show that they have the skill to <clears throat> convince someone. And it shows the strength in their numbers. Um, so class systems are obviously a, a very major part of this. It's uh, as, as major of, as in the description of, of the movie in most, most examples. Now, there's a, a kind of a subtle touch to this movie that I picked up on on, on my second watch today. I, today, I, I watched the black and white version today because awesome. there is a black and white yeah. version. It's on the. There's a slight commentary on small business here, and we get it with the pizza people. We get it with both uh, the man in the basement who went into debt because he his business failed his and he went to loan shop charts, went under, yeah. right? And they slightly mention um, Mr. Kim's uh, had a failed business too. So, you know, these these pizza people are not the upper class. They're no. very much that middle class trying not to be in that lower class. And they need to kind of cut corners and, you know, if... if Make it, every it penny will, count. It will hurt the brand, right. you know, and they have to worry about the brand because they could go under two and they can end up in a basement. Because, and so much when you read about kind of the social dynamics of... Um, like you're not getting yourself out like the situation you're in is the situation you're in like if you're yeah. rich you're golden if you're not and so the pizza box people like they were trying to do almost the impossible so that matters and in another little subtle touch with the wi-fi oh another coffee shop must have just opened you know being that it's a it's a frequent occurrence for a business right. to just open and another one and then go and then come and then go and that's the that's the social world and a financial world that these people are living in, where you save up and you build up just to get a chance right. to make a successful business to fail. And it's 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 more often than not you fail. And so you that, see, yeah, and yeah. you see the way they react, they interact with each other. The pizza place, the pizza full, uh, box people, and um, the Kim family, it pits them against each other. Yes, this constant having to be financially successful. Yeah, and we'll see that later on with. Uh, in, in, in the, in the basement of that. Oh, so. interesting. So the the pizza owner is yeah. dependent on them to do the work and to do a good job, and they're dependent on the pizza box owner. for the job. Yeah. Oh, it's just it's it's another parasite there, right? Yeah. Because it's so much about dependence on who's con, you know perceived to be lower than you, and that's that's all the dynamics. Yeah, that's a good segue there, Artie. Let's talk about the title, the brilliant title. There are all sorts of hosts and parasites in in this movie here, mm -hmm. and in discussing it as a class system, we uh, are going to meet the Park family. And they're obviously the face value, the hosts of this thing, because they have the money and they're the money that is, that's going to pass along here. And we get the, the Kims coming in one by one into the house. But what we learn and what we find out as we look closer is, is that the Park family really are parasites themselves because they can't <laughs> exist alone. They need a driver. Our they house is going to be a garbage driver. pail in a week. <laughs> they need someone to tell their kid that he's a genius. They need someone to teach their daughter English. Yep. There's, they can't just be a family. They can't exist without others holding them up and doing everything, even as much as lighting the stairs. And Mr. Park even talks about how the housekeeper did so much for their house by keeping everything in order, cooking, cleaning. And the only thing she did was eat too much. Yeah, the only she bad ate thing. For, you know? She, she ate for two. two. She yeah, ate for two. But yeah. so much, you know. And I and he says, in a week, our house would be a garbage pail. Like can't even like the, it can't even stay clean in in that time because of how much they rely on everyone else. Like everyone is leeching off of in different ways. 
Yeah. And then the guy in the basement's obviously a parasite. There, right, no, well, yeah. yeah. That's kind of the um right, the, the most overt example of, of he's like the parasite of parasites. Yeah, like the simple minded <laughs> people go, Oh, he's the parasite. <laughs> like, I got it. I figured it out. <laughs> I solved it. Yeah, I knew that. I knew I, that. I, yeah, come on guys. I knew he was the parasite. The rich people are great. <laughs> I knew there was a the guy in the basement. Yeah. Oh yeah, you knew? I I just thought of it right before it happened. He was coming out that parasite when she was when she was when she was parkouring in the walls. Yeah, I was what? like, you know what? There's a parasite down there, guys. And and at the same time, he's the one. He may be a parasite to the Park family, but he's the one most in love with the Park family and, on, and honors the Park family the most. So yeah, respect. It's nothing malicious, you know, malicious on his accord. He appreciates. He's the only one who appreciates the right. Park family. Yeah, because even his wife, she's there to take advantage. Right. Well, like she, her relationship with um, Da Song, the son, is to keep t- tabs on things to know where everybody is. <laughs> right. Technically, isn't a parasite like part of a symbiotic relationship where you don't want to kill the host? You want to keep it alive so you can keep doing that? That's kind of what the guy in the basement's like. Oh, this is great. As long as they stay wealthy, I can stay down here and I don't get the loan sharks and, coming uh, after me. I mean, the Kims are pretty much doing the same doing thing. The same I mean, they thing. want to keep that job going, yeah. They have to. Yeah. They're just doing it more up front. But even their small, their fake small business, the maid business, the valet maid business, they make up a small business to make the you know the parks feel very important. Yeah. Can I ask you guys a question about a scene that I honestly just can't fucking figure out? No matter how let's, hard let's I think that's go. what we're here for. All right. Well, we're first introduced to the mom. She's napping outside, and the housekeeper <laughs> claps to startle her awake. Just someone. I'm gonna push my mic in, away and just someone explain that to me, please. <laughs> I think it's to show the kind of um, uselessness and the shallowness of everything. Like her kid, like one kid needs help with school, one help kid needs help with art, and she's outsourcing it while being useless and kind of just about the appearance herself. So she's setting. So you're kind. So you could see it as, you know. You could see it a lot of different ways, but I just think it's about the uselessness of her setting up that. Like, oh, maybe they are parasites as yeah, well. Uh, her her reliance. Her reliance on. Yeah, she can't, she can't do anything. Yeah, she can't get through it without someone clapping yeah. her awake. So you yeah. literally just gave me an idea as you said that because that's that's spot on. That's what it is, and and I I, it's kind of like a, like a puppet being clapped into like like wake up, time to start getting action. Like you yeah. didn't have to do anything until now. Yeah, someone's yeah. here. It also goes to show how boring the rich wife's life is mm, right. and i and she talks about this on the couch later on in the movie she says buy me drugs buy me drugs so then you like <laughs> rewind to that scene and you're thinking okay she's mommy's little help on mommy's yeah. little helper right she has nothing to do with her day and so she's taking drugs and sleeping and and looking for people to take care of her kids the rich people Sounds thinking pretty good the, <laughs> the rich people thinking their kid is a genius is just I noticed it's yeah. so accurate. It's so perfect. Well, you it's notice so it. accurate, wait, too. Wait. I, I was going to wait till later, but the kid's art's pretty good. <laughs> oh, God. Come on now. I, Listen, mean, I couldn't do that. nine, and he's drawing Picasso self-portraits. It's pretty yeah. good. I give that kid credit. I, I'm, it's, it's, it, listen, I'm just jumping ahead. It's in the nitpick zone for me. I have a negative nitpick. I think the kid's art's good. I also mm, like the, di- I like the difference you between... You don't like his art? Uh, no. No, I think he you sticks. Liked it, right? <laughs> yeah, I thought I liked it, it very much. Thanks. Yeah. And I thought that made it, <laughs> it. I thought that made it. I think that's why the um, Jessica, uh, you know, the Kim daughter. I think that's why her role kind of works because he has to be good. 
or have some level of in, you know ability I, for her to like latch onto. Well, it has to be obscure because then she can look at obscure. it and say, yeah. "Here's it's what it's just, about," and nobody can but question if it's her. Terrible. Well, like no, if but, it's my art. But that's the part of the con artist is that you are enabling the mom into thinking that it's right. You but know, at like, that point, oh, there's yeah, still others genius. because if you know the housekeeper is like, "Listen, this kid's a fucking clown." Like there has to be some level where somebody could con you into it. There has to be some level of believe it. Listen, I don't think the kid's going to make a billion. Off art, but I don't think he's a he's a failure. Jessica Illinois, yeah, <laughs> Jessica Illinois, yeah, only Chicago, child. Illinois. I also love how Jessica, the Kim daughter, whips the son and the mom into shape yes. as soon Amazing. as she shows yep. up. She's a, you know first she kicks her out, and then when they're at the kitchen table, she's just like the kid's already whipped into yep. shape, and she's like sit down to the mom. The mom sits, and uh, Wait, she's got she like has structure? them under her thumb already. This is this yeah. is definitely a little bit of tongue in cheek commentary on oh, the on the art yeah. industry. You know the whole you know this is oh this uh, this is this is the uh, her 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 methods are a little it reminds me of like Danny DeVito with the white hair and the uh, <laughs> coming out with the with the oh this is just a masterpiece. Yeah. He's like looking at the air conditioner, but you know like even De, um, you know the Park's daughter Dahai like she's he's faking it like right. she calls him out right there so. When Jessica comes in and like, you know, actually sets boundaries, and you know, we find out that amazingly, kids like boundaries, and when parents don't do it, kids run amok. Um, so you know, it's so interesting how quickly it happens and how quickly Jessica's able to take control. It's also interesting how the parks decorate their entire house with these paintings of the kid uh, that the kid has painted. I mean, and uh, the Kim's walls are just kind of like there's like a discus kind of yeah. metal and they're just like you know these anything they can muster up they're putting on these walls like things that they're well, proud the of was an olympian and I, yeah and actually when the um the flood happens he takes one of the uh medals or he takes yeah. some sort of uh, award or trophy yeah they're her 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 medal yeah she was her. an olympian yeah. yeah and that's another amazing touch in this too is that the mom had this wonderful skill yep world class winning yeah world class winning but, but what is what is that in this in this class system? What does it what does it bring her? Nothing. She's forgotten. She's, she gets they've to moved do on. It's a hobby. Yeah, they've moved on from her. Now she just does it for fun. When the other, I'm the other they, they clap. Yeah, yeah. Just the family just kind of claps her yeah. along at her, at her skill. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to talk about is this kind of movie. Like, what I'm going to ask a question, get an answer, and then I want to talk. What yeah. genre do you define this movie as? Just straight up, have to pick a word to define uh, the genre. I think it's a few. Right, I need. I'm just yeah, saying. Like, what I, would you? I would like. You have to pick one. Yeah, I would call it a. I would call it a thriller. It's hard. It's, it's hard. Just, it's, it's hard. Just suspense. Okay. So it's the yes, same thing. Suspense. Okay. So same the thing. thing. Okay. It's so, the same thing as a thriller, right? Yeah. So it's like a dark comedy thriller. Yes. Yeah, okay. Satire. Suspense so, is like a slight, slightly more high flown than so thriller. I think. Right? I wrote down some genres because I think this move. I think this movie is like seven or eight genres. Just kind of. You know, it flows through the genres. And I think that's really cool. So this is, I wrote Thriller and Suspense. There, This is when the woman shows up and rings the doorbell and she's like deranged looking. And I have the script so upstairs. It says in the script, she has a deranged look. Her right. face is bruised. Like yeah. the loan sharks yeah. beat her as soon as she got sent out of that house. When she turns around and she says the, to... uh to Chung Sook and she says like do you want to come down with me that's right. so unsettling now we just switch that switches to now we're in horror movie mode well the next 10 minutes are just perfect 
insanity. There's comedy. There's like it's like almost like a heist movie when they're mm-hmm. infiltrating yep. the house. Now a, a lot of Hitchcock movies kind of have that same. It, yep. It's very tough to put them in a specific genre. Yep. And there's these different. There's like a song with a beat change, right? Yep. This all of a sudden this beat change happens several times for, throughout this movie. Yeah. Yeah, because I think this movie really changes at the you know the glass breaks. Then it's like the fake fight. Then the doorbell rings. Like, and it's a different movie. Yeah. Well, before we get into the to the real shift in this yeah, movie, yeah. because that's going to be its own conversation. The procedural nature of because there is a part of this movie that's a bit of a procedural too. It, the procedural the procedural nature of them conning the family one it's by amazing. one and getting each person in and and how careful they are not to attach one to the other when they're recommending the next one. Almost like they're trying to do their best to avoid the nitpick zone. They're aware it, it exists. It, yes, it's they it, it need this to be believable. Here. And even how Mr. Kim he suggests you know, a a company. So it's not now a third person recommending just a random stranger through my friend. Like, it's all very thoughtful. Yeah, and there's just, once they're all kind of in, there's that amazing tracking shot through the house where they go from one room to the next or they follow the mom into the lesson. They kick, she kicked, the daughter kicks the mom out of the lesson, back down the stairs into... the driver bringing the stuff out. Just, just when he grabs her ass. Yep. yep they're yep. like, they're getting real confident now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very confident. Very, very into themselves. The bravado is coming out. Right. It, does family. it bother you guys at all how perfectly this all works out for them? No, because I think it goes into just the gullibility and the naivety of the rich people. Like, right. I think it's just attacking and, them. And right. also because it all crumbles. Right. You know? Yeah, and, yeah and because it's so, it yeah. doesn't actually work out, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> at the end. Well, also, they're great actors. Like yeah. within the movie yeah. universe, we get to see like, them practicing, like the dad practicing. So amazing scenes. That's my scene of the movie. That's my <laughs> scene of the movie. Is watching that. them read off the script, and he's like, "You listen, your emotions are all the way up here. You gotta yeah, tone them down. down a little bit." And like, well, I, I just love that. That's that makes it even more convincing that they're able to do this to this rich family. Right. I, I, I also think it helps with the pacing of the movie as well. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. So I was the the peach scene, getting rid of the housekeeper. I think that's one of the best montages I've ever seen in a movie. Like, it moves. It's, the music's fantastic. Everything about really it. Really fucked up. Yeah. It's really Gene evil. thing to do to someone. Yeah, evil. but truly evil. You know, it shows how, but you know, desperate people do desperate things. But just as a movie maker, I have a hard time thinking of montages I like better. I'm, I, I'm, I'm I was going to put that in my nitpick zone, but I looked up that peaches are like second to pollen. Oh, yeah. No, that was oh, a, a, like a, personal, a personal experience he had. A, a Bong, yeah. uh, Bong had he he had a I think he had a classmate in film school or something that and they like didn't believe the kid so like they like <laughs> they snuck up behind him and like put a peach on his lap and he like, <laughs> like burst in, in, in into allergy and it's definitely a life experience there. Um, now uh, Joe, you know you just made a comment about a desperate things do desperate people. I'm not letting them get away on that one no, because yeah, I was wondering if desperate you wanted things, to. <laughs> desperate people may do desperate things, but they don't have to have so much fun doing it. The Kim family genuinely is blast. getting off on this. They didn't yeah. seem desperate either. They seemed fine living the way they were living. Not right. like they weren't thrilled with it, but they weren't like, we got to get out of this. Like they were just sitting there eating dinner. Well, I think that's the hopelessness of it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so so I don't know that they were necessarily desperate to get out of there. Yeah, and they just you know, they I, just they're opportunistic. I have a I think a a, a read on that too. We'll we'll get to that a little a little later when we 
get into some of the end themes of this thing. But this family, they enjoy they had a fun time. being con artists. Oh, yeah. it, is, it is part of their... And, Makes you know, for a good movie. And, and but, while they may not be desperate in the sense that they have smartphones and they have some things, like it's not like they're, they're not the guy peeing outside the road. There's still a tier below them. But, you know, one of them is a former Olympian. One of them used to own his own business. He was one in of the them military. Is, his, his best friend is a college kid going to study abroad. So they, they are very close to that, or they have some personal experience with that upper class. So there is a bit of a pride thing. Right, they're they like, just you can't know, stay there. Yeah, I, my peers are doing fine, and my peers are excelling, and I'm down here. I need to get back to them, back to where I was when I was in the Olympics, where... You know, where I met the, the guy who's going to study abroad or when I started my own business. You know, so there, there's a pride factor and, there, too. You know, it's, you know, the stone, right? Because, like, he will, once that stone comes in, becomes very focused on social climbing and yeah. next step. And I think that drives, because he's the one when they, you know, talk about the daughter, you know, you see really good acting. You see him kind of calculating everything to bring in Jessica, like, not my friend. Friend of a friend from Illinois. It's so smart. Yeah. Okay, so... Let's kick the stone to the middle of the table here, and we'll keep. Let's keep this one nitpick free because the stone is going to come up in the nitpick zone, at Jay, least on my on my part. Jay has twelve pages of notes. Let's I think keep we this should, rock rolling. I think we should hear what Jay has to say about the stone. What are your thoughts on the stone here, Jay? Uh, with with your rolling rock. <laughs> Oh man! Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to he's, he's go into the gym file in the bottom. You didn't uh, make a table. You didn't make a table of contents. One thing I love about the stone is, as a as a someone who's seen more than one movie and is kind of into it, uh, movies itself. When you're seeing that scene, you're like, man, this is like symbolism. And then they say it out loud, and you're like, okay, <laughs> okay, bomb. All right. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, so, so I'm not that. So you're smarter than me. I get it. You're one step ahead. But it's the aspiration through the downfall through the landscape stone uh, before we get back to the stone i just have a quote i want to read here and it's a it's a quentin tarantino quote he's talking about about bong joon ho's movies this is a, a, an interview between the two of them it's the first time they kind of met. It's from back in 2013 so six years before this movie came out and he's talking about bong joon ho's movies and he says this is what separates bong from the filmmakers in the last 20 years is the statement he said this is the quote here of all the filmmakers out there in the last 20 years bong has that thing that 70s spielberg had he can do many different types of stories but there's always this level of comedy and entertainment that's there and he goes on to talk about Jaws and how, you know, when you think of Jaws, you think about the, the monster scenes and the people getting eaten. But you watch it and there's these little human moments. Yeah. And we talked about that and Chris talks about it all the time and Grant talks about it all the time. Those little human moments are all over this movie. Oh, yeah. And they are moments of comedy and they are moments of levity amidst this really funny. heavy yeah. layered thing. One of the layers, layers this movie has is full-blown entertainment value. Yep. Mm. Like it's just if you just sit back and don't even try to read into it, it's a fun story with, laugh with a few fun times. parts. Yep. You know, it, it scares you. Like the fucking scene of them when Jessica's sedu- like seducing the, the mom and, and intimidating her and has the son obedient. And she's she's like, oh, did he have a trauma in first grade? That camera <laughs> turns around Jessica and she's like... <gasps> And like that is like I I was like whoa hey like it got me a little bit but then you see the imagery eventually of the ghost of the yeah of gun of guns <laughs> like guns hey putting his head up and like that would fucking scare the <laughs> shit you're out just, of me if I saw that you're like, just eating a cake and you see that pop that up the stairs scare the shit out of me and so aren't that's, they aren't they making a cake for his trauma cake yeah like to, you know it's like yeah. 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 
It's like, let's celebrate his trauma with a cake. Like, we need to make a cake now for him. It's, you know, it's the trauma on a birthday. Yeah. Some real complex moves yeah. next oh, moving boy. forward. Uh, Jay, let's get back to The Rock here. Let's, 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 let's not keep, keep, keep the people waiting. Welcome to The Rock. <laughs> my blueprint in my head. <laughs> so I read, actually, I was trying to, f- this is one of those instances where I'm saying, you know, let me look and see what other people are saying about The Rock. And I thought one cool thing was that during the shitstorm flood, The Rock is floating up to the top. So it's kind of like this hollow thing that right. really wasn't as as heavy or as deep as right, right. <laughs> as 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 the kid thought it was he right put he put so much into it but it floats right yeah. Yeah. and i love how it's also the thing that kind of knocks him over the head at the end it kind of ruins every you know knocks him out and ruins everything yeah it's metaphorical but it is you know it drives so much of his aspirations but then it's the thing that ends him right and that mm. and that, that was one of the things that uh it said as well when i was reading about it was maybe that's why he doesn't die is because it is kind of this hollow object strong, right because at the end i am kind of like how's this kid still alive and he hit him twice with it yeah yeah yeah, yeah it, just it, went, the second time was it's because of the floating apparently that used to be a big landscape stones used to be a big thing in south korea like bong used to go out with his dad looking for them in the woods right and it's just not something that's practiced anymore so when he did it it was like kind of a shout out to the old school as well that's why it came from the grandfather right and everything. Yeah. the other thing that was that i read was that when at the end when he when the son at the very end, talks about how he's going to make an honest plan now to get his father out of the house, to buy the house. He puts the rock back. He's yeah. kind of mm-hmm. putting away these childish or these these not honest ambitions and schemes, and he's like, okay, I'm just going to make money, and this, I'm going to do this the old-fashioned way kind of thing. It does more or less, I guess, represent the, the financial hope within this for about lack of a better um, term here, like the stacked deck of cards that's against them. Yeah, it 100%. represents the acquisition of material wealth. Yeah. So yeah. like literally not even like true happiness or anything, just material just wealth. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I thought was interesting was he says when he gives them the rock that it's supposed to bring wealth to the house and then the park wife says that a ghost in the house is supposed to bring wealth to this house. So there's all these like superstitions and ideas that, oh, this one thing is going to make you rich or it's going to help make yeah. you rich. Well, this is, you know, I said I was going to talk about this later, but fuck it. You know, we're... It's <laughs> later. We're, yeah. If the Park family didn't have these shallow, uh, Artie, you put it really well there, expectations of, of shallow wealth. You know, if they didn't do this whole con system, if they just stayed together in the basement... Yeah, they'd be living in a basement. They'd be living with, you know, within their means, which isn't great. And it's it sucks that this is where the the caste system has left them. But they'd have each other, and right? The, but no food is no, better than each other. At right? no point is that showed as valuable throughout this movie by the rich family or the poor family, right? Right. But if they're home, it's all about they, survival. The windows closed. They're not flooding the entire apartment. I mean, or, it's, or fumigating. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah but uh, you know, that. I think even when Min brings the stone, what does the mom say? Like, food would have been better. Like. They're yes. hungry. Like they, they are, but they're not. Like they go to a soup kitchen later. Right, right. But That's the a, point. Uh, by I the way, that soup kitchen looked like it had some bomb ass food. It didn't didn't look like a like a like a ragtag. It looked like they were kitchen, stealing was... from like a buffet that had stuff waiting back <laughs> backstage, like ready to go. There are craft services. <laughs> um, over by Stewart Avenue. But family is never. But I think that's part of the caste system. I think that's where like the social differences really stick into play. Where it's like it's. It's haves and haves nots. Like when you said that earlier, before I was like, "Oh, that's fucking." Yeah, but that, they're also now back in the basement without each other. So what I'm saying is like, where did their all all of their games and all of their their 
extended strifes that they went through to try to get out of this thing. Made everything worse. It, it left them right back where they were, and now they don't have two of their family members. They're cut in half. Yeah, things are way worse for them. Yeah. But I it, think that's more about the, the society they live in. That, like, you're just, no matter what you do, you're fucked. And I think that's that's the cruelness of this movie because I do think it's a cruel movie. Yeah, and I think the ending brings them back to reality. They had these dreams and ambitions and they were almost doing anything to get to this dream and ambition. And in the end, both poorer dads mm-hmm. lose their loved ones and yeah. it makes them snap, right? The, um, the, the couple in the basement, the, lo- the husband loses his wife, the housekeeper. Yep. And he snaps and goes after Chung Suk. And then Mr. Kim loses his daughter. And he went, and after seeing that, and then the reaction from Mr. Park, he snaps. So it's kind of like, yeah, they had their, their emphasis was always on the wrong place. And they don't yes. realize that to the right. end. Yeah. And it's, and again, I'm not going to let them get off on, they're not letting them get off easy and saying, well, they didn't have any food. That's why they had to do this. Because they weren't just doing it to no. get food. They were doing it to fulfill some sort of inner pride. And like we said, they were being cruel while they did it. And when I think they everyone thinks every... cruel in this movie. Yeah, they were they survivalists. Had... Yeah. They, they were survivalists, but they were also passionate con artists. Like they were, oh. they were, like she enjoyed getting that driver fired. You know, when later on they're talking, when they're drinking, and she's drinking out of the bottle of Patron, cheers by yeah. the way. And they're like, oh, well, you know, he's young, he'll get another job. She's like, forget about him. I don't want to. Let's talk about us. Well, even the, about the son talks about his relationship with the girl in like yeah. a very flippant way, like how he can use it to manipulate. Not and, that he actually gives a shit you know, about yeah. this girl. Right. Oh, Gro- I'm grooming her. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Thank heaven. Literally. But thank, thank heaven. you know, and I think thank it's so much. You know, when when you are in this such an extreme caste system, and you finally have some power differential like broken because you're getting it. Especially Jessica really seems to thrive on it the most to finally have a little bit of power in a, the bath her. the bath you know yeah. watching the TV in the bath because yep, yeah. at that point nothing's happening right and then the last thing before the big turn is Jason t- Kevin sorry talking about oh if we're really dreaming like oh what's the next steps of our manipulation because they finally have a little bit of power here and instead of seeing you know what happens when people who have no power get a little bit of power they think they have all the power yeah, while but, we're daydreaming we'll have to hire actors to play you right. guys at the wedding Wait, this, yeah. these are what? good this is a good segue cuz now we're into the fucking twist of the movie that you want to go to that scene uh, let's just, did you have something you want to say about, you look, about you that to? scene so. about the twist okay so. about that yeah when they're sitting around uh, was i the only one who was kind of watching them sitting drinking talking about uh, everyone else and thinking I don't uh, I don't I don't know if these are like the protagonists of the story anymore. Yeah, because well, well yeah, once she's hundred percent, forget about the driver. Feels weird, right? Forget yeah. about the driver. Forget about the yeah. driver. He's Actually, then, they have a moment of the father has a moment of guilt, right? Where he says, "Did you think that driver got a job?" Like he's he's yep. thinking yes. about and, him and for a split second, and then you just said, "Yeah, forget about thinking about him." And then the mom says, she even says about like the girl. She's like, she's sweet. She's not wild. Like. Almost saying like pull back off her, right? Yeah. Like there, there is some clarity, but they're too deep into it to actually pull back. And the grooming plan isn't even his plan. It's like, Ben's plan. That, he got that from his. He buddy. just went way too deep into it, very yeah. fast too. Yeah, first right date, away. first tutor date. A uh, oh. couple, couple things. Quick camera shot. They cut two of the security camera. Did you notice anything? Um, no. They cut to the security camera for about a second, and it's cut. 
Oh, yeah. Right before the woman rings the bell. Right. Right. And then she tells she them later. She tells them okay. later. But um, Which also, really pays off for them. I have, I have a, a question. Why do you think the, 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 the parks say they turned around because of the rain? Well, it got flooded. Okay, I was going to say, do you think they turned around because their cameras on I, their phone I or whatever I went, went off? I don't think so, like, because they never fixed it. Yeah, because it would have been fixed that night. Oh, so they have yeah. cameras and they, they don't even check them. It. That's even more yeah, in line exactly. with their character. That's even exactly. more in line yeah. with their and character. She, Good. I'm glad I brought uh, it up. She yeah. knows the house so well right. that yeah. she knew that they wouldn't check and it. And when yeah. we get into the rain symbolism, I, you know, I'd love to touch upon the camping being canceled and all that. Right. And it just... Oh, let's do it. Rain, please, rain please. symbolism? Right. Now, you, <laughs> now you've got my attention. Let's <laughs> Bells are going off now. Yeah. Before we go right into the rain, let's talk about this this twist here. The first time I saw this movie, I I was not even ready for anything. Close. I was just so lost in this world, you know. Like, and yeah. it's just like this is, the, and it's like there's so many points where, and I think I watched this with Steve B. Uh, I think I have to say now, double action champion or the uh, action the, here, action uh, two the, time, the undis- yeah, the undisputed, undisputed. Uh, action the undis- Steve, the undisputed action champion Steve. Uh, I I rewatched it. Then he was uh, he was with me when I saw it in the theaters the original time too. I had not seen it since theaters either. There were at least like seven or eight times where we could be like, all right, the movie could end right here. It would be the greatest movie. You know, yeah. it, it, this this movie up until this point, this could be it, and this is an amazing movie. Yep. Uh, I think he even he said it like four or five times. Yeah. And I think like the first time he said it was like seven minutes into the yeah, movie. Then like, the movie happened. already correct. Yeah. This, yeah. Because really at this point, nothing's happened. Like they won, so it's just this kind of like air of like do 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 like she's taking a bath he's doing like pool ninja flips into the bed they're, yeah they're just getting shit faced and then the doorbell rings and everything well you know it's 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 breaking glass the fake fight doorbell rings like those three things happen so quickly and then the thunder pops in the middle right so after there's Jessica actually goes, a first thing too he laughs he goes ha 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 right ha, you're ha. right so laughter glass Thunder, thunder, door, fight, doorbell, fight, thund- door- fight, doorbell, thunder. Like yeah. those five beats happen so quickly, and each one something significant happens to get there, and then the doorbell rings, and you don't know why. And when she walks in, I, her turning around, I remember seeing it on a big screen, and like I said, that was an emotional time in my life. I felt so uneasy when she just that that deranged that look smile face, of yeah. "Do you want to come down with me?" No, no, holy fuck, um, Artie, you said that you thought that the loan sharks were beat her up is that what you took out of she had bruises on her face yeah, but is it did you guys take that out too or no 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 I that's what happened that. that's what happened she had bruises all over her face like she was the makeup yeah, i guess was i there. just took it from the peaches is what i thought maybe it was just part of the allergic reaction still yeah, yeah because like, i took it if the loan sharks found her they would have just followed her no like i she I, was hot like i think there's a reason they have different last names because she's fully yeah, in like because it's not well, like she goes back and says they're still looking for you right like i think like, she, how does she know that her face is well, I don't know. What do you think, Jay? Did she look like she was bruised? I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah, I've never taken that. She definitely had marks on her face. Yeah, I thought that was still from yeah. the peaches. This is only days after. Yeah, I, I thought it was from the peaches, too. And, oh, and it's okay. not like she was cooped up in the house. Remember, she went to the hospital. Right. Like she's been living out and about. She, right. Just, like they she been, might have been on the street. That's what I'm she saying. Been, yeah. And she got spotted. And I think like, the loan oh, sharks yeah. would have been really... I think if... At that point, well, they don't the want to kill her because they want the husband. No, I don't think. It, I think if we're we're He's talking been about gone for four years, four years, so, they're yeah. just going to kill her. Like I yeah, don't think these are. Yeah, if they're even in care anymore. Like I think they're probably still going by like their old house. They'll go and buy the old coffee shop. Like they're talking. I think she's 
connected in okay. a world but you guys have sold me a little bit yeah well i but just i, I, I no, don't i'm just i just genuinely had not thought about that before. see so i you was just right. on my on I've, my second yeah no, on no. my second watch i noticed her face was so it looked you see it deliberately in her, bruised you see like it in her you see it in the far cheek i know exactly what you're talking yeah. about um but i think if it was the lone sharks it would have been more extreme jake the transition over to the rain Let's talk, talk about, about the, the, rain. the rain symbolism here. The, the, lo- the lost fan in me is very excited. Sunshine. Well, a lot of things happen with water, right? There's It rains when the old housekeeper shows up and reveals the lower level of the basement, the river overflowing and the camping. So my my for me, they, it, I thought it was funny, quote unquote, how when it rains, it completely ruins the Kim's life ruins their apartment is the entire turning point for the father is when his house get flooded when it rains for the parks their camping trip gets canceled and they start heading home well what is the what does the mom say (laughs) well the rain was joe the rain was a blessing in disguise it's it's my quote of the movie here so let me uh, let me pull it out and there's the the kims get the sewage water they don't even get rain the sewage gets and the kid actually goes out and sleeps in the rain that's how disturbed by what the rain he is (laughs) is that tent leak proof now this is this is coupled with the the smell situation yeah. too which we haven't really talked about yet so we'll, we'll probably we'll, we'll go into that next year but this is uh, this is mrs park talking on the phone to her to her friend today the sky is so blue and no pollution thanks to the rain yesterday so we traded camping for a garden party lemons into lemonade that rain was such a blessing and the look, the camera panning slowly to the look on his face. This is him descending. Yep. It just he's it, broken. He here. has that to follow look. her yep. around all day and do everything. And errands. then he's and then like Jack Nicholson yeah. in China. And then the smell, and he's no, like, "Notice she has her foot up yep. on the glass, shoeless too. feet. It is, yeah, shoeless feet up at the level of his <laughs> head." Tarantino loves this. And she this. smells his, uh, sm- smells his, shit, yep. you know, and then he kind of smells his. Uh, and then you, you you see that same face yep. right before he snaps a little later. Right. Yep. This is yep. when I go back to feeling sorry for them is after their house floods, they're in the gymnasium or the emergency center that they're all gathered in. And it's the next morning and the parks are texting them, you got to come over for our birthday party. Like this poor family just lost everything. And now they have to gather themselves to go pretend like they right. care about yeah. this kid's this birthday party. This dressed like an Indian. This entire yeah. part of the city is destroyed and it just... It's a blessing in disguise. At the rich supermarket, nobody gives a shit. Right. Down there, they're literally fighting over shirts, and the emergency people are just getting bombarded just for any type of information. That is a great shot. She walks into her closet, and she's got all these things hanging and up, and then the next scene is them picking through a pile of yep. clothes for Anything that fits. And yeah. it's fucking brilliant. My black and white watch, Bong talked about the black and white version, and he said it it makes the movie feel heavier with a greater sense of pressure. I think I prefer the color version just because of I think the, it, it's so colorful and yeah. and just so beautiful that it's like it's hard. You know, the the black and white version is is amazing, and there's two sections of it in particular. Anything in the basement, uh, That's anything great. in the basement yeah. area there is incredible. But this scene here with them leaving the house, getting out of the garage, leaving the house, and those wide shots of the stairs and the uh, and the water coming down the streets and them going into their apartment and then going to the shelter that you guys are describing with people fighting for sure. That whole section there in black and white, it takes you back to like like the 30s in film. Wow. And it, it really, 
It's like watching a Hitchcock film, and it, it's so impressive. It's the part of the movie I was so ex- I was most excited to rewatch, because it's just. You know, when when you're watching it, having not seen it in a while, you're just so into the social dynamics and, mm-hmm. and the family and the house and this. And then when that happens, it's like, you know, there's like this emotional weight off. And, and so my second time, I was really immersed in that section of it and them talking about how not having a plan is better than having a plan. And really, just that was my quote. giving up. Their whole world being wrecked. That's my quote. Why don't you read yeah, it? Yeah. So that's my know, quote, too. So cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah, cool. So you know, running down that whole scene that you're talking about, it's just it's it's the full descent. The descent, yeah. And um, so they're laying on the floor in the gym. Um, the son's holding the rock, literally holding it, and He's says, "Hugging like, it." He says, "It's following me at this point." And the dad says, "And he says, what's the plan to the dad?' Right? Because we have an injured person and a taped up person in a basement. Like, what's our plan?" Dad goes, "You know what kind of plan never fails? No plan. No plan at all." You know why? Because life cannot be planned. Look around you. Do you think these people made a plan to sleep in the sports hall with you? But here we are now, sleeping together on the floor. So there is no plan. There is no need for a plan. You can't go wrong with no plans. We don't need to make a plan for anything. It doesn't matter what will happen next. Even if the country gets destroyed or sold out, nobody cares. Unbelievable. Right. And we talked about how rewatchable this movie is. When he says that part... It's you. You could tell that that's his turning point, right? But when I rewatch it, I I see how many times in the beginning of the play, he t- in the beginning of the movie, he talks about having a plan and the son saying, "I plan on going to this university next year," and the dad says, "Oh, you got a plan." So I see more and more how the dad was all into having this plan and then shit hit the fan, well, literally. I and mean, now he's like, this is his total bottom, rock bottom. Their infiltration of no the problem. Park family is as intricate as a plan gets. I mean, it, and this is just his moment of defeat. He's yep. like, where did this plan get us? You know, where? look at us now. Right, we just spent hours under a table. Yeah, and, and just you're listening to that to, to Mr. Park talk about the smell of oh. a, in front of his family, right, too. So just th- humiliation, <clears throat> shot so after shot. Talk about that scene. So mm-hmm. that scene is fucking incredible. The slow zoom on Mr. Kim's face as Mr. Park talks about the smell. This this whole smell motif is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. And I want to add a little commentary here on, on Mr. Park's acting. When he does it, he's really good. He really... Like at the end, in the, in the ending scene, when he... In the, you know, the climax when he... He really is overwhelmed by the bad smell of, of the, the guy who's been smell. in the basement of his own house. He he, uh, the acting is just so incredible. His like his cheeks shake because he's so disgusted by the smell. While his son is like having a seizure, he's more. <laughs> he literally can't deal with the. How bad is we that smell? Like, what does this guy smell like? What I find so interesting. What does he smell like? First of all, the tension in that scene is incredible. He they're hiding under the living room table. The sun is hiding under the bedroom, the bed upstairs, yep. yeah. and it's all, and there's like no music, right? No, it's silent, and it's so and you it's feel that score. tension without hearing violin yep. strings or something. And it's a like great that. score. So the fact right. that they chose to leave you just breathing with them makes it all the more intense, right? And then Mr. Park goes into his smell thing and how he talks about when he's on the subway, how how people smell like that, and the, what I find so interesting is this turns him on. He's talking about the subway and people smelling, and he's talking down about poor people, and then he rolls over and starts 
trying to get his rocks yep. off with yeah. his wife. And then yeah. he even says to her, put the, those cheap panties on. That will turn me yeah. on even more yeah. if you put cheap panties on. So this is this is fascination yeah. as well with that. Yeah, yeah, power. That's a great point. It's, it's it's his power, but for the, the smell, it's like, it feels like a ridiculous thing to say, but it's like the smell of inescapable poverty and him getting off on the fact that he knows he's set, that his kids are set, and that he can really stay wow. with it. Yep. Yeah, wow. And well, and, to Artie's, weird. and to Artie's <laughs> point, I don't see any bad acting in this film. Oh, no. oh, oh <laughs> holy shit. This oh. is a very, very tough LVP to designate. <laughs> so very, very tough. I, I literally, my so not the note I'm going to bring up right now, but I'll talk about it later. Anyway, so the sex scene. I want to talk about a little bit about the meaning behind this. Okay. So they sort of get each other off but they never remove their clothes well they have to wear matching pajamas like fucking losers <laughs> for all <laughs> listeners who wear matching pajamas out there we love you please you're a loser stay though. tuned in stay so, tuned in but shut up they, they they're not having sex you know dry yeah dry humping. it's, it's like dry eighth sex. grade ninth yeah. grade but, it, grade it's shit. but at the same time it's a detachment thing they're not taking their clothes off and being intimate with each other they're like over the over the clothes rubbing each other mm. it's like so functional it's like, that was obviously a deliberate choice, choice. yeah it's definitely choice. yeah this scene didn't really do anything for me well you know what I, that whole scene all i think about was the car scene with mr kim where he says well you do love her and uh, Nathan, the dad's like kind of like yeah, scoffing yeah. at we'll, that we'll, awkward. Like, we'll of course, that. he goes, "We'll call it that, right?" Yeah, yeah. And it's just he so goes much right of, up to the line without. Crossing. And he never crosses. So it. that the, the 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 not so sex scene is just like a function of what it should be, right? It's not what there's no true intimacy. It's it's yeah, like they a have their clothes on. It's like a functional relationship for them. Right? He he also mentions when he's talking about the finding the panties to talking to his wife, he's like, Oh, you know, if you're having car sex, you're gonna find like an earring or or, or something like that. And she's like, Yeah, yeah. Like, but I, I don't know. Have you guys ever had car sex or She's talking about the car sets he has with the, the hookers. That I, th- I, f- I find that scene so revealing <laughs> about Mr. Park. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, what I find about Mr. Park, how he think you see how he thinks about poor people uh, or people below him when he says about the finding the panties. You know, he think he sees something's off. This person, nobody leaves panties like that. And it, and in your mind, you're like, oh man, he's on to them. He's on to how smart their plan is and how schemeful they are. And he's like, no, he he doesn't go to like them being smart or like savvy. He goes to them being drug addicts and meth heads. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like this yeah. guy has such a shallow opinion. Yeah, sheltered, about, yeah. sheltered opinion. But it's just again, it's just his kind of naive. Like right. this is this is what it is. If yeah. you're this, you're this, and just this. There's it's no like, a, like the bonfire of the vanity. Or, yeah, it's <laughs> just don't. There's just no empathy. There's no empathy or actual thought to it. No, he doesn't think very highly of them. No, no of anyone all. that's not him, right? I don't yeah. think he thinks highly of anyone. He like right, uses, even his he, wife. Right? They all have roles. Like they, he has yes. no happiness. He's just a, a a cog in a in a social wheel. Symbolism siren. Wee woo wee woo. Native Americans. Oh, oh boy. Uh, well, kind of uh, brought up pretty. The scouting pretty, Native Americans. Yeah. So this is specific this things. is where I don't believe Bong when he's interviewed about this theme. Mm, I I I do believe. 
that I know what he's doing. Okay. Like, well, I'm. He's doing that in a route too. Like, ah, I mean, what explain what what he's what. He when said. they ask Bong, he goes, yeah. "I equate it to when you see like a, a person on the street wearing a Che Guevara shirt. He's like, they don't know what they're wearing. They're just wearing it. He's like, I equate that to them." He's like, I equate the Native American thing to to that. Like, they just view it as like this. This isn't a, a, a cowboys and Indians like a fun American thing. Yeah, trendy so thing. It's yeah, just something that's that's fun. It's I think, not. I meaningful. think there's clearly more to it than that. And, well, let's hear it. And that's how he answers the question. What do you got? Um, and that's why I said I don't believe him when I hear yeah. him answer this one. Yeah, I think that like you know I would imagine that for filmmakers, especially like really genius ones. It's probably got to be a little annoying to have people ask you specifics about your movies. I All know that time. I know that Kubrick, you know, he dealt with it forever with The Shining. I think he finally, like, <laughs> near death, he's finally like, "All right, I'm just going to tell these people, so you know, they're not, I'm not, I'm not haunted in the next life over this too." Wait, what did he tell? Them? Well, you can listen to the Best Picture Cast Shining God episode. Damn, I don't and you have can four get hours. Yeah, so I think that there's an element of like, this is how I'm going to answer this question. We said talk about Inaratu with with Birdman. So like, when they asked this, he has to have an answer for like that question. It. Okay, so what one of the one of the things I took out of the the Native American situation here, if we go back to this, the idea of parasites in general, and and the Native Americans known as living off the land and giving back to the land and being one with nature and one with uh, the land that they took all their resources from and used every part of and the Europeans coming in and taking their land and and ripping apart the land and I thought it was like a little subtle commentary on how he's not a that. parasite that kid he's the one who's like ooh they smell funny no he, I, he, I don't... he's he's wise to them like he's not and he's also the, the only one who sees the uh, the guy downstairs yeah, gun sues yeah. uh, morse code you might be onto something there it's also just how they keep referring it to Indians and not Native American. Like, they're yep. so ignorant about it. Yeah. Hey, he's playing Indians. We're going to dress up as Indians. We uh, we bought a teepee from the United States. Right. You yeah. know, it's like... Is, yeah, he, you know, he is does, it going to leak? No, it's, like it's, very, it's canned. It's imported from the United States. Yeah. It's, it's like imported the, from China. It's really China. <laughs> I got an Amazon from China. Like, they're not doing any research into the history of the Native Americans, yeah. the Park family. It's like the, like the 21-year-old girl wearing the Nirvana shirt, you know? Name three songs. <laughs> But it's 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 the shallowness of them, but showing how much they just take without giving. Really sets up that last scene. Intensely. What a fucking yeah, wow. that party fucking. scene. I, 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 everything. I'm sorry. It starts with the the old housekeeper getting kicked down the stairs and hitting her head. That jarred me <laughs> the first time I watched. It's so movie. violent. The it's first brutal. time I watched the so movie, I was just jumps. like, it was such a. It was such a, like a, just a, a whatever kick. She's yeah. like, woof, I just kicked you. And it's, mm. no, yeah, it this was, woman's brain is never going to be the same. Comedy into horror. Yeah. Like instantly, like, it's like, it was like a cartoon kick into thud. Like, it was ooh. slapstick it, comedy. The head hit of the concrete, like the sound of that was so visceral. Yeah. The sound design is really good in this Great. movie. It sounds amazing. You know, it's, it's not anything so flashy that it would be like garnering awards or anything right. like that but there are little moments where like the rock falling down the stairs mm -hmm. and the, the hit of the rock on the head or her hitting her head some of the music choices the first time when Mr. Park walks into the house after he finds the panties he walks upstairs and it's like a snare drum build up it's like it's like alright I, I get this it's 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 like the tone, tonal shifts right because like whenever you're in like the underground underground now it's all handheld cameras so it has that horror movie feel to it yeah. um, that's so different when you know even when 
you know, because when Gung Su's tied, you know, he's taped up and tied up. And, you know, what does the Gung Su say right before they put it? Just let me live here. Like, please. We, we haven't talked about the lowest level of the basement here yet. The, uh, the bomb shelter. The, uh, the North Korean. <laughs> if, if debt collectors North or North Koreans show up. <laughs> yeah. Our character living here, Desmond, uh, Desmond from Lost, if you will, living down there in the, in the basement. Pushing the button. <laughs> Pushing the button. That's right. Where do we start with this one? Jay, I'm going to go to your sheets of loose sleep over there. Yeah, I got something right here for you. What I love about the family which is the uh, for lack of a better description the basement family which is the housekeeper <laughs> no, that's right yeah, it's, it's very family, funny yeah. but yes the housekeeper and her husband i like the basement family the parasite they love this fa- they love this house more than any of these families and they understand the house better than anybody absolutely and they take advantage of it and they respect it mm-hmm. and when everyone's out of the house they go up to the big window and they stand in the sunlight this family unlike mr kim and and the Kim family is appreciating those quiet moments with their family and with their significant other. And mm. you could tell that he loves her and she loves him, which is what makes him snap so much when she gets taken away from him and he's got nothing left to, to yeah, lose. Yeah, and, and she has nothing. But the little she has, she's giving up just so they can let him stay down there. Please, I'll give you, I'll give you this every other week, or because I don't just, want you to steal. I want you yeah. to take care of him with what. Just, the, just feed him once, twice a month, or whatever it is, you know. And and you have Mrs. Kim. I'm calling the police. Like, how dare you? How dare you? It's trying so, to get one over on. The, yeah, it's, like, right. it's like, how did you get here? It's so incredible you know? how they turn on each other in this in the basement. Oh my god! And how wh- it's after, all survivalist, right? And how after they record the Kim family and they use that as a bribery blackmail for that uh, for them to kind of just allow them to sit up in the big big room and enjoy themselves too while the kim family is in the corner looking like yeah, the usual right. suspects yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they got their finger on the bomb kind of thing yeah. going on it the, the the power um the, the way the tables turned is was incredible also the way they're she's holding the cell phone with the video in the text message like ready to send like she's backing them up like she's holding a gun at right. them Right. Like it's the it's truth. such With good the truth, imagery. Right? It's just yeah. information. It's just like, look, I could tell him this is happening like, right now. You've right. been exposed Exposure, to a level yeah. that is yeah. that that is the smoking gun for you, like and, I, and that's their just kryptonite. Rea- it's just right? reality. Yeah. Because then you know, get into the just the chaos of the fight and everything that devolves into into like the violent kick we talked about, and when. Mr. Kim, after he tapes up Gung, and um, you know, he says like, "Let me live down here," and he tapes him up, and then he goes see. You know the 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 housekeeper, and he checks her breath, and he's kind of he's like fuck, and he just breaks the handle off and shuts it because he can't stay in that. That's not a you know a possible thing for her and for him, and you know she has such little breath, and the next time we see her, she's throwing up, and she can't even see her husband across the room, and it's just it's heartbreaking. Isn't it sick when you find out that the light is not automatic? It's not motion what a controlled. Moment. And how it, it's been going on the whole fucking movie, and now you find out this sight goes down there going. Uh, uh, banging his head on it but, every two seconds. But again, how detached the parks are that they don't that they think it's a sensor. They mm. don't even realize mm. that it's literal. More people working for them. Yep, and just they're clueless how the world create helps them. And the parks make such a mess of the house. They're always picking up after the kids' toys and the and the arrows and all their his Native American stuff. And then the kings and then the Kims make a mess of the house when they're in the living room partying, drinking, throwing snacks around. The 
housekeeper and her husband are the only ones that don't make a mess and actually care about this. They house. love the house. Talk about yeah. the Native Americans well, respecting the land and right. respecting the the place that they're that they inhabit. Yeah. And the other people just disregarding nature, like plowing through the even grounds, mis- even, trail of tears yeah. in it. You but know, it, do, it does feel fitting that then the you know the housekeeper at least gets buried in the garden. Like that's yes. where that's yes. that, that's like like she didn't get discarded again. Even Mister Park's company is a virtual reality company. Like he's not even dealing with reality <laughs> at work. Like he's oh, still cool. in La La yeah, Land, and it's called head. another brick. Yep, because uh, Bong loves uh, Pink Floyd. Well. We all can't be perfect. You don't like Pink Floyd, <laughs> Kieran? Get off my lawn, Kieran. You don't uh, like Pink I, Floyd? I don't. No, I don't. No. Oh. Wait, is that like a thing that people like like them? Because I thought everyone made fun of them. That was under like fifty. Do you, do you not like Pink Floyd, Joey? Yeah, I could give a shit less about them. <sighs> oh, God forbid! Some Floyd. God forbid someone makes fun of a beloved band around here, Artie. I think you've yeah, Artie. You, <laughs> you should have every every other band. <laughs> this is the first band you've ever liked in BPC history. <laughs> All I did was sigh. I didn't say anything to you guys. I understand. I know. I rip on everyone. The yeah, Rolling Stones, okay. Bruce Springsteen, everyone. They all suck. You too. <laughs> I think you too. You too. At two. You two has some good albums, but then the nineties. Oh, it was more every the year edge. after that happened. I don't. I, I was more the edge. The edge. Oh, bro, the edge. The edge. <laughs> I Give don't, me a, don't even start. We need to get back to the parasite. We have too much. You to know talk what? About. The edge and is a parasite. Yeah, the edge is a parasite. <laughs> the edge is a fucking parasite. Yeah. Fuck yeah, that him, guy. Him too. Uh, him too. Oh man, got it. You too. Him. Too. <laughs> Fucking hate you too. Anyway, Whoa. so I switched over. Damn. Hey, Artie, yeah. what are you drinking? Oh, thanks for asking. I switched over to a Imperial IPA. It's nine. <laughs> oh, there we go. Nine percent. I switched Thanks. over to seltzer. All your beloved classic rock bands <laughs> we, are not safe, ladies right. and gentlemen. We've Except reached, for Pink yep. Floyd, apparently. <laughs> Artie likes Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd's right. really good. If this podcast episode was Parasite, this is the part where we see the bottom and Artie is dwelling in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, I'm flooding. Rash. <laughs> I'm, I'm flooding right now. There is no plans. No plan is the way to go. No notes. No notes. No No plan is the best plan. No preparation. What what else? What are we? I don't want to. I don't want to do this episode and miss out on major on major themes or something like that. The thing is, this is a very theme heavy movie. I think that's a hard because even themes turn into different themes, right? I mean, there's some there's some pretty obvious commentary on warfare here too that they don't where they're talking about North Korea like the the military bunker and they immediately go into. Um, the the housekeeper does like a Kim Jong Il impression, yeah. and they're talking about the missile launcher. Yep. Like, there, there's that whole section there where they're like doing some and heavy hand is not the right term, but but some forceful the, references. They're making to a point. Warfare. And, Every know, the fucking sun, patch of dialogue is so thick. Because the son, you know, the son was in the military. They talk about how he took the college exam four times after the military. Like, yeah, you know, he was he he was stuck there. after the military. Like it, it didn't help him move forward the way they probably thought he did. I take that. As the director feeling it necessary to let the viewer understand that the culture of South Korea, because of its proximity to North Korea, is never existing outside of the concept of war. It's just you're you're when you when you're neighboring countries right. with North Korea, yeah, war is always on the mind. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so, literally a, they're miles away from a demilitarized zone. Like this is like a real thing in their lives. Like it's an active threat. Well, we're we're kind of in that kind of last section of the movie here, where this movie is one of those movies that has two endings. Yeah. You know, we have the 
the dramatic ending and then almost kind of what's the like a, ending. like an like an epilogue almost there. In, you know, in the, yeah. Well, so this, this last scene, the stabbing scene, is yeah. very much like a giant Renaissance painting. Where like mm-hmm. every single, every single image you see as it quickly pans without cutting, is is like loaded and, and saturated with imagery. Colors, symbolism. Reminds me of the... So, uh, they're holding like chess boards. Yeah, like, it's it's the like meat, the fucking... The meat the, on the skewer. The skewer. That yeah. The, but you yeah. know, even before that... We, sausage. You the see, singer and the violin. Yeah, but even before, cello. you know, you see so much about how the family's looking at like the plan, right? Or the daughter and the mom want to go down and like, all right, let's create peace. Like, how do we coexist? The dad is just kind of going with it. And the son's like, fuck it, I'm just going to go kill him. Yeah, it, 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 it already just the, what you're saying there with the like the symbolism overload. It reminded me of the Godfather Two, um, Saint Rocco's, yeah. Saint Rocco's prayer. It's like, oh my God, the Mother Mary, money, <laughs> roofs, chimneys, guns. Ah, I can't take it. I, I'm just, I, I just, I just want to watch a movie right now. Like it, it is all there for you. But yeah. they literally crammed this into a 90 second yeah clip. Yeah. The, but the, it, the, it, the, it's, the, it's really beautiful if you pause it. Like at the, at the at the frantic scenes that they just pan too quickly and cut away from. Pause it. Like, look at all the. There's like birds flying in the background. Like, it, it's yeah. it's wild. The 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 girl, um, the daughter, uh, day high carrying, Kevin, uh, Kevin is just a fan. Mm. And, and like, and they don't really focus on it a lot, but it's just there and just in the chaos and everybody leaving the house. Like, she found him. You know, the one thing that stuck out to me is when the two dads are behind the bushes talking and yeah. he goes back to saying, "Well, you know, you love your wife, right? This is why we're doing this." And the and the Mr. Park just looks at him and goes, Let me don't you forget you're getting paid extra for yeah. this. You know? Yeah. It's never about like it's love always, for him. Nope. It's never about the family. It's always a reminder. And there's it's a never, reminder we're not friends. Right, right. Like right. My employee. Yeah, don't cross the line. Yep. Getting paid and overtime. Back to that right. line. It weighs on Mr. Kim until the very end, of course. Yeah, it's funny how yeah, until I, about thirty seconds later where he stabs him in the heart. Yeah. Well the smell triggered. That just goes to show you how prominent the scene with the two of them behind the bush was. You know, and and how kind of visually different it was than the rest of the scene, mm-hmm. where we have these two grown men kind of crouched behind this thing, having this this awkward conversation, while all the shit's going on, and like all the shit that's going on behind the scenes too, down in the basement, all the things that must be going on through Mr. Park's head. When you talk about movies moving to a collision course and and moving to that final culmination, I mean it doesn't get much better it than doesn't. this. I nope. mean, we, we covered a, a movie last week that has a, a very similar sort of thing that I just described of it coming to a final uh, collision course with, with Unforgiven. And that's another one where it doesn't get much better than that than that final scene too. But uh, it's, it's fun to do the movies back to back and kind of watch them follow a similar path there. And also just to see Mr. Kim dressed up as a Native American after he just spent the whole day with Mrs. Park talking to her friends, she's like, "We're gonna get drunk during the day," and he's got a <laughs> wheel around, and he's like, "Gotta carry everything for her and wheel around the cart." And now he's got to dress up as a Native American, yeah. and it's just like the ultimate de- degradation yeah. of mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. them, it's just getting drunk and just this like get together, and for him, it's just insult after insult. Now he has to play act as an you know an evil Indian. Yeah, you know what's cool? None of the characters yeah love or hate. Like even Mr. Park at the end, like he's dressing up to play this game for his son. Like that's kind of sweet. He's like, a good father, right? Yeah, and, and he's and, a good father. And, yeah, and, the, and, like all the walkie-talkie maybe stuff. Maybe yeah. cool. He's got a good connection with his son. All of them. Like even you, you don't hate the the Kims. No, 
you like the Kims. You, 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 you kind of like everyone, but you kind of don't like everyone. It's very real. Yeah. It's very, like, human. Well, they're all fleshed-out characters. Like, they're, none of them are just kind of there for a role. There's substance to everybody. The movie also brilliantly handles the task of exposition. Oh, yeah. And this is... It's all exposition. This is, but it doesn't it's, stop. But it's, it's all exposition, but it's no exposition. Because there's never... It's, it's all background exposition. It's, it's, yes. It's never like, let me explain to you how it works here. No, it's all done in little moments. And there's, there's great little moments within this movie. For example, earlier in the scene when the mom is talking about her little son's experience they had when he was in first the trauma. grade, the trauma. And she talks about the seizure that he went into. And she goes on on that whole thing. It's like, you have 15 minutes to get him to the hospital. Right. Now, it doesn't matter whether that's accurate or not. Or whatever. And when you hear it, it's kind of weird. It's like, what? Huh? What? But... It gives you context as to why there's a rush at the, the end. The How payoff. many movies that just have the panicky right. rush at the end and they don't give you any there's no st- reason right. for the stakes? There's stakes, but there's no context right. for the stakes. There's payoff to this. These characters have experienced the same thing before and they were told that they have 15 minutes so they don't have time for an ambulance. They have to get this kid to go. They yep. got to get the car keys. That's the rush. And it's done in a simple, innocuous line that is natural to life. That yep. is, a, is a conversation that someone would have. And it's 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 almost like a, a beautiful, even though it's so sad and, you know, depressing, it's such a beautiful shot of Mr. Kim after he does the the smell shake, like he can't deal with uh, Gun Say's smell, when he pulls the keys out and turns around and runs, he doesn't care that this guy's dying at all. He doesn't give a shit. He is literally just grabbing the keys and running. It's about his son. Yeah. Uh, another kind of wonderful example of, of that usage of exposition is the Morse code stuff. Yep. Well, Daisuke will know it because he's a Boy Scout. And we see the scene of Daisuke Help me. Of yeah, kind of figuring out, and it's like that doesn't really go anywhere, but it's important for the end right. when we find out that uh, that Mr. Mr. Kim. Mr. Kim's son was also a Boy Scout, and he can know the part. So there's a little connections that are made without making, but it's done through organic conversation, not a fucking screenwriter. Oh, now it's time yeah, to explain exactly. to the audience why it's, this is going to be the, important. The like, initial no, conversation, like, oh, were you a scout? No, but I'm a scout at heart. So, like, he learned it. Like, that's all. That line makes yeah. the later on when he sees the lights all make sense. It's like, oh, but we saw it with the Gung Su. And it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. And, and when you're, when you, when you have Mr. Park and Mr. Basement down in the, <laughs> down in the basement, and they're, he's kind of basically touring him. For his next house. It's kind of like someone who, who's like showing you the house before he hands you the keys over to him. And, and you don't know that the first time you're watching it. The second time you're watching it, you may not even really highlight it. But it's just it's that, that passing the torch within the movie done naturally, organically, and under the table is just, it's just so wonderful. It's, it just it's goes brilliantly written. Nothing being wasted. You know, everything said and shown is means something or is coming back to mean something. Absolutely. And the fact that there's actual payoffs to these things, like how many movies just do things and hope like, all right, it works. Like it's it's there. And this is a movie that rewards you for paying attention to it's, all the little things. It's a culmination of a wonderful career that yes. went so unnoticed because of the part of the world that it came from. Yeah. Did this and win Best Original Screenplay? It did, yes. So you know what's interesting is Parasite versus Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. They're both up the same year, right? Yeah. 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 So... 
Not to mention Marriage Story. Yep. Quentin writes all this backstory for all these characters just to help the actors. And Bong's like, I don't believe in that. Like, I believe in just the action at the surface level. He says that, but he also is, you know, under saying it because he's a fucking brilliant writer. Yeah, they have a great connection, yes, the two of them. They um, do. And one of the things that I really love and respect about about Bong Joon-ho, but really about both of them, and I'll throw Spielberg in the mix too, is, is that these filmmakers have ultimate reverence for the films that were made before them and the films that turned them into filmmakers. And they never forget that. They never pretend that they're changing the world. They never pretend that they're the first person to think of this stuff. They are reverent of those films. They use pieces of the films in their own filmmaking, and then they create beyond that. And Bong Joon-ho is a perfect example that every time he talks, he'll bring up and put over another film. He wants you to watch these other things. And that's what Spielberg was. That's what Spielberg yeah. is. And when you when you ask the casual person on the street, name a director, name a famous director, they're going to probably either say Spielberg or Scorsese. That's probably Quentin. where they're going to go. Maybe Tarantino. But Nowadays. I think, I think well, on a been, random... He's been around for 30 years. I would so. think a random person... The, 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 Spielberg's like the, going one. The, the family feud answer... Spielberg. The number yeah. one answer is going to be Spielberg. And Maybe. Marty's probably... <laughs> family feud. Um, Speaking of Steve Harvey, you just Show wait. me pudding. You just wait. Show me pudding. <laughs> um, that is important for me as a film lover, is that I want to see someone who knew, who, who knows where he came from, respects where he came from, and is going to pave the road for the next group yep. of filmmakers. And, and hearing both him and Quentin talk and Spielberg talk and even Marty too, you know, they're, they're always constantly building the, the community of film. I mean, Marty's literally saving movies that were dead. Like he has a whole foundation to save movies that don't exist Yeah, anymore. the restoration. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. he's doing really important work to bring things that people can watch again. So they're doing legitimate important things for the film world. Yeah, him and Tom Cruise. I was took the words right out of my mouth. Saving the industry. A word on Bon Joon Ho and some of his other films. Um, Joey, you're going to have a whole episode ranking yeah, gonna, all of them. I'm about to go so, about three hours. Already, you had Okja on your yeah. top ten list. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about some of his other films. You can start with Okja and then go from there. Uh, so I have seen Okja, I have seen Snowpiercer, I have seen um, Parasite. I, I think that's it. Okja is on your It's top on my top ten. ten. Right. Okja seven or eight. It's, it's amazing. Thank you, Joey. You've seen The Host, I thought, right? Oh, and The Host. Yeah, yeah right. I've seen, I knew I've seen four. And um, I not only do I love his method of storytelling and his his... His his screenplays. It's his screenplays. His screenwriting's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Super engaging. Uh, his cinematography's great. Here's the biggest thing. There's a woman named Darcy that he partners with on pretty much every movie. She's a Korean cinephile who's fluent in English. Who, you guys will notice this once I tell you this fact. Helps him with his translating the screenplay subtitles into English. Yeah, because apparently where they say metaphorical about the stone, it says something else in the screenplay, but they translated it to metaphorical to make more sense. Yes. So, you, if you notice in Okja, there's a lot of witty subtitles, which there's, subtitles aren't usually witty. They're usually awkward mm. when translated from another language. She said he is really good at, at taking her advice and understanding where she's coming from and learning how to tr how to make the subtitles for the English speaking audience 
get the same vibe as the screenplay does in the Korean language for the Korean audience. So this woman, Darcy, and him have done like four movies together. I think it's the last four movies. Host, mm-hmm. you know, Okja. Mother. Mother and uh, Parasite. And Parasite. That level of uh, attention to detail, like, comes through. Yeah, I have an example from this movie that I just, when I was doing some research, I was just blown away. I'm like, God, this is like next level shit right here. And in the, uh, and we'll, you know, we'll talk next about the, the final kind of what we call like an epilogue. Yeah. The new family that moves into the house, we're, we're told through the subtitles that they're German. You know, I didn't know Germans, you know, they you don't just more eat. more than sausage. Yeah, they yeah, more yeah. than sausage right now. The German version of the movie calls them Americans. <laughs> Americans don't just eat cheeseburgers and fries. Is what the is what is the German version says. Now the family, if you really, if you because I've watched it again the second time, the family is very clearly from Switzerland. They're, They're like blonde haired, pale. Well, well, we don't see them physically, or, or I mean, you do in the window. Them, but, yeah, but there's a there's there are magnets of the Swiss flag on the fridge, oh, and really? there's a couple of things. <laughs> But the, the one of the primary languages in Switzerland is German, so he of course he thinks they're German. He hears them talking, right. you know, and he's probably when he says every time I go upstairs I risk my life. He's not checking out the magnets. Like, right. He's not he's not watching a movie to go on a podcast. He's, <laughs> he's getting food. Right. So, but they're from Switzerland speaking German, but they didn't. He didn't want Germans to think. That they were Germans, he wanted them to to, to you know. Think they were foreign. It's it's distracting wow. to think. So he has the subtitles different for that. Very very cool things. stuff. Yeah. Yes, it's super interesting. And just like stuff. why, like why have that in depth of detail in there? Now we're talking about war, neutral Swiss Switzerland, neutral. Right. You know, like that. Like that's there's there's obviously something else being said there to Germans, not very neutral. Um, you know, so Americans, not very neutral. Uh, yes, but um, very 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 it's cool amazing. stuff. Now. Talking about a Bon, bon Joon-ho's... Also Oxford. Uh, they, Oxford's in the international version. And in the Korean version, it's, it's a prestigious his, Korean his, college. Yeah, his, his alma mater. Yeah. A movie you didn't mention in, in movies that you've, you've seen by Bon Joon-ho. And Jay, I'm going to step on your recommend here. We've never done this before, but we'll, we'll do your recommend a little early here. <laughs> yeah. uh, because you, you kind of told us as we're setting up that it was going to be it. Yeah. Um, talk to us a little bit about Memories of Murder. So Memories of Murder is very much like a Zodiac film, a slow burn, mystery, police detective. Um, lo- I think it's almost two and a half hours, maybe a little less than two and a half, but long. I don't want to ruin the ending, but... It, yeah, please don't. If, <laughs> no. If you have seen Zodiac and you liked it, this is go, go watch Memories of Murder. If you like slow burn or sort of these um, mysteries... Um, that are very, this isn't like your standard Law and Order episode where it's very formulaic. It's great character study. And uh, the actor Chris is G. the same. And Chris, and Chris G would love it. And Song Kang Ho is uh, the main actor in Memories of Murder, who is the the King, Kim father in Parasite. Yeah, in, in a ton of his movies. We've seen Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's incredible. He really is. Host, and it's on Hulu. Yeah. So if you liked Parasite and you and you and this is one a Bong movie that you haven't seen yet, you definitely should check this movie out. Chris I, G. I, I, I couldn't <laughs> I, I couldn't recommend this movie more. I really couldn't. It's it's incredible. You know, Scary. When, when I watched it tense. and you know like the ending again, we're not spoiling anything, but it ended and I'm like, ah, eh, you know, I, I the ending's a little 
some parts of that are a little far-fetched for me. It's <laughs> yeah. a little like screenwritery. And then I looked up, and it's a true story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, it's like oh, okay. Well, this yeah. Oh, well, fuck me. Now I'm depressed. Right. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like uh, it's like the ending of um, the new All Quiet on the Western Front. It's like <laughs> well, they're just like having fun on screen now. It's like oh, Jesus, this Oof. actually happened. Yeah. He doesn't um, wrap up his endings all the time with a bow, right? Yeah, I think he, he's. Well, he's he I think he's a filmmaker. He wants, he wants he you wants to, you to do the work. He wants you to, yeah. and he wants to leave you thinking too. Yeah. He wants to. He doesn't. And I mean. Why wouldn't you? You know what? You, you want the movie to stay on your minds. Yeah. You know? And I mean, like this movie, like the epilogue, right? Like it goes into the, like the as the son's kind of narrating his letter, it goes in. You know, he's you know, oh the future, but then a lesser movie ends there with the hug. This movie is cruel and brings you right back to the basement and says like, no, this is never gonna fucking happen. I I, I gotta say, of all the nice things we've said about this movie, and this has been a bit of a love fest. A quote-unquote love fest. We talked about this in the Unforgiven episode. It's like, yes, you know, there's movies where we're going to be like complimenting, complimenting because there's not much negative to say about it. But that's part of our jobs too. Yeah. Is we have to point out why we think it is that because this is going to be ranked with other movies, and we're going to have exactly. to have one over the other. Um, of all the nice things I can say about this movie, this epilogue. I mean, this is perfection. Yeah. I mean, it is honestly, it is one of my favorite segments. Of any movie we've discussed. Do you mean so the letter he, re- he reads I'm, at the, the end? The, the, from when he wakes up, when, from when he wakes up from the coma to the end of the film, I not really think it is film perfection, it, and it's one of my favorite sections of any movie we've discussed so far in this podcast. Could not agree, could not agree more it's with you. Perfection. Yeah, it's perfect. So I have a problem with the letter. Well, with, then with, save it for the nitpicks. Okay, okay. Let's, let's not. Let's let's. We have was, a section for that. I was okay. waiting for Kieran to just like you hear like rustling. Like he's just grabbing your mic and. He's <laughs> like, shut the fuck up! You're like, 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 like get away from me! Well, there'll be three of us ending this out. The last hour, put him in the shed. You know, I think I think Bong has said that there's no way that he that the Park's son would can make that 540 much years that's how long it would yeah. take for him to buy that house yeah. right so yeah. that's the song title the original oh, song no. title he has a TBI he wrote this letter with a TBI but a I you traumatic know brain injury. does anybody want to see Parasite 2 though no. where we would try to watch the son no. buy this house <laughs> no I don't want to watch the son no. like laughing around while he's saving dollars and he not finds eating. he finds some kind of Groundhog Day paradox where he can live 524 years he's working the <laughs> register at Target <laughs> okay okay so the the closing Song title is was originally titled Five Hundred and Twenty Four. Right, he wrote the lyrics. Right, Five Hundred Twenty Four Years. Yeah, yeah, which would have with exi- how how many years for him for the salary that he's going to get would take for him to buy the house. Now, I there's no I, disability insurance in South Korea. Um, I, do, I, you I, don't I, know I, that, Kieran? I, 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 what kind I, of research yeah. do you do for this podcast? If not that, yeah, I d- I don't. You I know, don't, well, I don't, Joey, you um, don't know that. I thought. Well, I figured Jay would know. Well, what, you know when it happens during a crime. I know. What is he yeah. getting insurance you, for? Yeah, like <laughs> your family committed. Yeah. yeah. You know the other you know, because even even Basement Man, he says he's not eligible for the national pension because of the Daddy and Crude and the Loan Shark. You know shenanigans. So you know even the money that nationally he should get is not eligible. That's for one it. of my favorite quotes. He says, "I'm not eligible for the national um, pension pension plan." Love will sustain me in my old age. Yeah, you know he's got a he's got a lot of love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially for obviously for, only for his wife. That's it. 
deranged love, but he loves her. Right. It's just broken four years. In Why the is fucking it body. deranged love? Look in the uh, eyes. It started <laughs> off genuine, but you're stuck in a basement. It becomes a reliant love. He loves well, her, but it's a full reliance on he's her. He's definitely too, gone right? Looney Tunes. Since he's How would you not? I, yeah. I think if the character had all his fucking marbles, that's a failure of writing. Hopefully he can get access to Best Picture cast down there. We have a lot of hours to keep him entertained. <laughs> we with. could keep him for years. That's it. You could just years. listen to the Rocky episode. That's one year right there. Well, I, I think just the last thing, you know, the stone, when he's when he's writing the letter and we go back into the reality of the basement, the stone's kind of back on its wall. It's not being held. It's It doesn't, you know, the the it's ran its course as, you know, a motivator for the sun. Now, I don't think, this is, this is one thing I wanted to say. I don't agree with the filmmaker here. Okay. I disagree with the filmmaker here. I do think that he can work his way into that house. Now, he can't do it through the method in which he described in that letter. But... He has a brain injury now. Uh, true. But we, we've right. been taught through the movie that he can get into the house once. With a fully functioning brain. Uh, okay, well, we don't know. He's on probation, so at least his we time... Don't know, we don't know the, the exact Listen, we're effects assuming, of his injury. Assuming he's functional, the hospital releases him, he's working. But I, at least for the time he's on probation, he's not conning his way back into the house. I think that there is a reading of it where it's possible for him to come up with a plan to do it. It's possible. That's, that's it's super, unlikely. It's possible. You know, that's super wishful of and you. His, you know, now his face you know, is all over the almost, news. But the way the movie Listen, ends, it allows you to have sure. that interpretation. You know, he's on probation, so he can't do it then, and his face has been all over the news for the past at least month at that point. So I think it's... Is it possible? Absolutely. But he's beauty, not buying the house. It's the beauty of an... He's no, he's not buying there's the house. No, but no, no. The, the, the no evidence change. is there that right. he can't buy but the house. But can he con yeah, his way into it? it? Hell yeah. Right. So that's Everything what I'm saying. That's the beauty him. of an ambiguous ending is that yeah. there is... We already know that he's capable of schemes and such. Yeah, so the beauty <laughs> of an ambiguous ending is that people like you can imagine whatever fantasies you want to believe. Yeah, I can start a podcast. That's so much better <laughs> than, this, than this ending that tells you everything and you get to do no work. If this movie... like, That's not fun. This ending tells you the ending. This is not an ambiguous ending. Yeah, I think um, it is. Uh, I don't I, think it is. I, I, I think I, they I, tell I, you I know what, after I, they cut away I from know the fantasy of him being rich and and hugging his dad or whatever, they cut back to him in the house. It's saying he's never buying the, it. With the camera coming down so on long, him so into long, the basement, right? descending into right. the basement. Yeah, I, I get what Artie's saying. It is... It is it's kind of like the Sopranos ending where it's, the, it's like the it answer's does, out there. The the filmmaking is kind of telling you the answer. Yes. It's yeah. telling you he's not Thank buying you. it. It doesn't telling you that he can't save his dad. No, no, well, it's not. No. It's, it's not, telling you that. The point, the point is, it's not telling you anything. Well, it's right. showing, showing you, right? right. right. But and that's why it's great. It's, it's showing you he's not buying it, but it's not showing you he can't save his dad. The problem is, once you tell you, once it tells you, it's the same thing, Joey. You're telling you we can't buy the house, telling you we can't save his dad. I disagree because he could like here. Was saying, there's he a way. There's a, way there's a world he can. We we've, we've seen him. Right, his way into here's that my question: You're Bong Joon Ho. You write a screenplay. You end it this way. Why on earth would one of the options you leave open is this guy secretly breaks in, gets his dad out, and sneaks away, and they well, live happily ever after? Because they didn't. He ended it with two distinct options. One is a fantasy, and then one is him in reality. Living in the same place. Right. Okay, so at what evidence is there for the option of him? The, the evidence is two and a half hours. The, evidence, op- the evidence. No. Is the, the evidence is the first act of the movie. Right, it's the first act of the movie. Right, but 
yes, I agree, Artie, that it is, it's like the Sopranos ending. It's showing you the answer. We got the answer. We got the answer, right. I, I'm, I'm comfortable with the end of this movie. I don't feel like it's ambiguous at all. I, <laughs> I just don't. I got you. I got you. You're breathing heavy into the microphone. I feel like a ball. I got you. Yes. It's but such, that um, is the beauty of film, is, is that you can have your own interpretations I'm of it. I'm fully aware of this. Yeah. And, and, you know, even the filmmaker said himself, every time he watches the movie, he gets different impressions from this and that and that. And, you know, when we brought up Quentin a few times here... Um, I feel like that happens throughout the course of these three years just because we know we don't have one of his movies right. on the list. But he, he says all the time, he's like, there are things that the screenwriter didn't intend that I choose to believe. Yeah. And that's how I'm going to watch movies. Like, And, and that's great. That's I love amazing. That. But that's yeah. what it should be. We, if Doing a podcast would be really stupid if it was only one thing. Because this would be really an uninteresting and conversation honestly, every loving time. loving film and loving movies would kind of be dumb if, yeah. if everything had to be... You know, that's way. fine, but yeah. I think he intended to show you that this guy has now a, a head injury. He, he fantasized about saving his dad, and and he really has no real means to do that. And that's the sad ending of the movie. Yeah, I, 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 and, I and I love that. And yeah. I, I think oh, it's that's cruel. Same. Jay, what say you on the ending? What say me? Even if this movie ended without the epilogue, let's say with the epilogue and without the epilogue, it's still a tragedy. For me, it's very Shakespearean in that these characters are so ambition ambitious that their ambition leads to their demise and murder. And there's this motif of seeing ghosts like in Shakespearean plays. It's just an incredible it's the 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 first ending is tragic. And then the second ending for me is tragic. And it's um, that's it goes back to me saying that I don't think he likes wrapping things up with a bow because then you don't get to think about what the ending was really like if if he wraps it up and tells you what it is then you can't think and but he doesn't so nope. it's it's he keeps you it, it, you have to come up with that ending and the rest of it really well said jay god damn yeah. well done i um, wish jay you could have more you couldn't have stepped in 10 minutes ago can you just <laughs> two hours ago jay just talk you have 50 fucking sheets of paper in front of you what a fucking movie I think it's time we uh, we we move on. I think we've yeah. I think we have done our um, justice. Let's stay hot right now and get the Twitter questions in the mix before we head to the nitpick zone. Let's get the Twitter questions going here. Apparently, we have a lot. Of we, it was very active. I like that you guys like don't check the Twitter questions. No, now. I very purposely Oz was saying don't. the same thing. Grant was saying the same oh, thing. Yeah. You don't check the Twitter questions. I checked them. Oh, I don't. I want to. I want to answer I don't live. I, but here's the here's the catch. I don't remember any of them. Yeah, well, yeah, that's well, right. right. I'm never it's really like too worried about that. It's like I didn't check them. Oh man, where do we go first here? Uh, so many, so many legends. Let's just let's just start with uh, Adam from One Thousand and One by One. We'll plug them again, there Joe. It is. You'll Beautiful. be he'll have a chance to talk about this too soon on on that um, Bong Joon Ho rankings episode. Very excited. Does the reveal in the middle of the film still work for you after a rewatch? So I mean, we've obviously talked very highly about it, but I'll, I'll just I'll based on the conversation we had, I'll restructure the question and saying. How did it work? Because you guys both watched it twice for this, and you've already you said you've seen it a couple times before. Five this. times, okay. And Joe, Four or five seen it. for okay. me. Okay, yeah. all right. So this was kind of this is where I had a gap between the two. How did that? How did that work on the rewatches? For, I'm so bought in every time that I don't think about it. It happens organically each time because I'm so bought in from the first scene. So you know what it reminds me of? You know, Die Hard with a Vengeance is full of twists and turns, yeah. but like it's still super rewatchable. It's yep. like that. 
that's yeah that's great uh, i love it i mean I, i'll you know we talked about psycho but it's kind of like it's not like the shower scene doesn't suck you in every single time exactly. you know it's there's, coming you know it's gonna happen you still like there's a little part of you that thinks she's gonna survive yeah. you know like, uh, there, like there's other stuff going on where i don't need yeah. to like because you're brought just, into the world something about the sound we talked about the sound design something about the sound of that doorbell yeah, I, mean, I think that's, oh my god yeah god, boom, boom. chilling chilling jay how about you for the uh this this uh big turn for the rewatch i like it it's kind of for me it's like two climaxes the climax at the end being the party and the stabbing, but before that, it's this big reveal. So it's kind of like having a, you know, a good time. That's the ultimate. That's what she said. It's like, it's like two climaxes. Who doesn't? Who doesn't like that? Like we talked about, it keeps the pacing of this movie so incredibly fast that it doesn't just slow down in the middle. It actually accelerates in the middle. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's funny that the movie has like some of these obvious things that we might like call out on a lesser movie, but like it calls it out for it. You know, like the yep. whole like it's so metaphorical. Or like oh, the lightning flashes when she speaks. Right, yep. and like this is like it. the doorbell is literally, literally like next act. Ding dong, right. next act, so next act begins. It changes yeah, like, the tone. Yeah. It's a very high note and a low note. It's like, bang, boom. Oh, it's just God. like the class, yeah. yep. class system. It's like, bang, bang. Yeah, wow. yep. Well done. Mike from Cinemas. Oh, also shout oh, out to nice. Mike. Shout out to Mike. Love we got Mike. Our, our series of episodes coming. I got to get on one yeah. of those. We're doing real cool things um, at Cinemas. A bunch of us drafted movies for each other, and we're doing yeah. the episodes for them. <sighs> Joey, you have to do Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. The original? Oz, Oz picked Planet Or the uh, Mark Wahlberg. The original. The, the chimpanzee. Heston. Chimpanzee to chimpanzee. Damn dirty apes. Yep. I've never seen it. But Kieran gets to do uh, Baby Jane. That's right, Joe. You picked for me. Yep. Yeah. Uh, whatever happened whatever to Whatever happened to Baby, Baby Jane. Jane. Yeah. Cinemus. Mike asks, thoughts on the movie's massive tonal shifts? Masterfully balanced or terribly bungled? So, I mean, I think we've answered it's... Masterfully balanced. Yeah. Um, Keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Very similar questions from both uh, 1000 and One by One and Cinemus, both podcasts. You should check out. They're great, great listens. We've all been on them for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I'm on 1000 and One, so please listen. Yeah, check check that stuff out. Zeta Short, here she comes, our oh, favorite. Okay. This is, this is, she's always my favorite question in all these sections. She's always finds a way to ask a creative question and then belittle our lack of knowledge about movies. Patsy to short asks. <laughs> Jay like that one. Truly what, skillful. Why did this film break through with the Academy in a way that Bong Joon Ho's other South Korean features didn't? Is it more commercial oriented than, say, Joint Security Area? Uh, um, Joint Security Area is that a movie you had to? Uh, it's, that's not a Bong Joon Ho movie. That's Joon-ho. that's uh, Park Chan Wook who did. Okay, Old Boy. So it's another South Korean yeah, movie. It's, gotcha, it's, gotcha, it's gotcha, two gotcha. or three years before. Old Boy comes out. So before he's gotcha. starting the Dependence Trilogy, it's actually about, Get it's on the demilitarized zone. There's two officers get killed. It's a very Korean-specific okay. movie. Um, it's really so good. I, this also is, you know, for 20-some-odd years before, you know, starting at, you know, there's Old Boy, which Tarantino and Spike Lee have talked about for 20 years. Spike Lee remade it. Park Chan-wook, all of Bang Joon-ho movies, Train to Busan, um... I forget his name, unfortunately. But there's just 20 years of really good movies building up momentum, and then it all kind of culminates in Parasite, which is a fucking masterpiece. And, yeah. and to be honest, like if you're an Academy member watching this, like the there are probably six Academy Award nominations for acting that are totally viable in this. 
Yeah. Like six. Yeah. It's alarming. I mean, that, that's going to be coming up in, 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 in a question in a little bit. Like, but I, I, I do want to say, like, why this movie? Believe it or not, I do think that Snowpiercer has a bit to do with it. Not that that's ever a I movie agree. that would be in any kind of Oscar discussion outside of, like, a, like sound or, or editing or something like that. But I think by him doing an American movie with some major stars in it, mm-hmm. got him in the conversation when he clearly should have been before. With but he wasn't an outsider films. anymore. He wasn't making just international films anymore. He right. was making an American film. And I think he had an impression on people through that. And this movie just kind of came in at the right time. Won the Palme d'Or, got himself on the map. Likeable guy, easy to get behind. You can see every time Parasite came up on that Oscar Awards, people were clapping. Oh, yeah. Like, they, they, this was what... And he beat some titans in the industry. Great year. Beat Tarantino, beat Scorsese, beat Bombac, beat Phillips, who who directed a, a, one of the biggest blockbusters of the mm-hmm. year. This is a big win. It's yeah. a big win. But Snowpiercer, but also Oakjob, because also you have Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. you have Paul Dano. So there, it's, again, he's not an outsider anymore. It's not just like an international thing. It has more of a foot in. He said he wrote a, a short, like a spec, I guess, for the movie in 2015. And uh, after Okja came out in 2017, some a studio was like, oh, we'll do this spec. So he's like, oh, shit, I'll write a script for it. So he wrote the script in three and a half months. And uh, he didn't even have the idea for The Basement in the House till he had like a, a month left of writing the yeah. script. It just came to him out of nowhere. Yeah. Jake, why Parasite? Why 2019? I think you had a great point about it. <clears throat> I think it became more well-known after Snowpiercer. Also, I was wondering, when did Shape of Water win? 2017. So so this so three, is, three is it, can you draw a parallel to Del Toro's kind of career? How he was kind of doing foreign film, foreign films, and now he's kind of makes uh, this American film. You also have Roma. The, Roma yeah. was the director winner the year before right. and did, couldn't quite... Win it, that would have been the first, the first the foreign right. language film to right. Win. That was so, as close as like a foreign film winning best picture as possible, yeah, right? One director, right. And, was, yeah. and was like probably fit because Green Book was a bit of a surprise, so it's kind of building up to this moment almost. It's, and Bong and Del Toro do remind me of each other, both hands in the dough when they're making their movie, you know what I mean? They're imprinting on the cinematography, the set design, the the storyboard, they're, they're not the screenplay, they're not just. Not Directing. afraid to dip in a different genre. Yeah, that, uh, right, right, that as well. Steve G is next, at Steve OGZ. If this was an American movie, but otherwise was identical in plot and acting performances, a thought experiment, of course, as the cultural themes couldn't exactly match up, how many more Oscar nom wins would it have gotten? No acting noms in this movie is a travesty, in my opinion. So, I mean, you know, we, we mentioned cinematography, we mentioned, we danced around sound design a little bit but let's talk acting here god damn uh, this should have gotten an act an acting nomination 100%. um now let's say i'm gonna ask it two ways i'll ask it first off is if you could only nominate one person and then i'm gonna ask a, a question that, to narrow that down a little bit so if you could nominate one person let's say they're all supporting just for the sake of argument who would you who would you nominate? Do you Marty. mean male or female? Right now I'm gonna say all, the entire cast and then I'm gonna so, ask a more specific Okay. But nominate I can Male nominate or female. A, a you can nominate female. any one person. Yeah. Okay. So the wife. Kim uh, Kim Sook. Yeah. Nominate her. Yeah. Mr. Kim. Mm. That's ultimately probably where I will go to. Kind of an Oscar y way just because of his career leading up to it, which is why oh, I shouldn't do that. that. I know you shouldn't do that, but that's way. probably Give me where a I go. real answer. Don't answer. Uh, don't do that. Jay, how about you? 
So I was going to say, um, well, Chung Sook has a great acting part where she's pretending to be a housekeeper. You know, I think she has a great moment there where she's delivering the fruits and she's kind of um, taking on this role very well. But Mr. Kim has the whole range of a character study going on, so yeah. I got to give it to him. Yeah. Okay, so let I'm going to now, let's put it more specifically, as a major critic, uh, notable critic, so notable that I don't have his name, said that this should have had four nominees for supporting actress and oh, supporting was, actress a supporting actress and he was referring to both of the wives housekeeper. jessica and the housekeeper were the four that he was referring to okay let's in a world where all four of those are nominated and the fifth nominee is a, 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 an obvious fifth place nominee sure. okay someone who would not win who's getting the award now already you answered the question the already with yeah uh, mrs mrs kim man this is tough but to make it a you know, we have to make decisions here. I'm gonna go with the housekeeper because I think her role as answer. the housekeeper, and then it, her acting in the um, the peach montage, and then how unsettling and uncomfortable she makes me. She does a lot of different things with very little to do. Mm. Okay, Chung Sook. So you're with Artie. Yeah, yeah. Her um, reactions to those reactions, Joey, are part of my favorite part of the movie. It's amazing that would be in my fourth place. Chung Sook would have been my fourth place. I would give it to, to Jessica. She's Act, my second actress place. Is, the actress who plays Jessica Park So Dam. Just, I, I just think that that character really, really puts it up to the fifth gear and, and really kind of swerves. It's, it's, it's a classic supporting actress. Always involved, element. but not yes, always there. Yes. Like just putting a catalyst in the in the moving, growing plot. She's the one yeah. kicking ass a little acting bit. Acting within acting. Yes. Like, yeah. You know that they all had to do that. And and she's and just I, a, she's a little better at it than the other four of them. And she's the one who dies. Yeah, too. I think so, I, yeah. I thought the mom was. The yeah, one. I was always wondering. Like, is he? Uh, that was a part where I thought I was missing something. The mom was. When I say a little better at it, I mean a little better at conning, a little meaner, a little more into the world. Oh, she the was world. the most dynamic skill. change they yeah, say, and, from and she character was, yeah. the, the character that's kind of how she was the character was the more the character was more into the conning and the, she was she really yeah like took it to heart and she's the one who dies too so yeah, like she right. gets the she gets the, the come up and, yeah well every family yeah. member says so right she's the best at forging yep. the document she would be a great he they even say you would she would make a great con artist yep. in another yeah life. the mom was she the, looks great the in the bathtub the, the mom was the worst. That the mom was the most compassionate yep. of the four. Of the four, she the was, mom was, was, was a very hard, it. a hard role to play, that's, and I thought yep, she did a really great job and, at it. Yeah, um, and she's also the most realist to me because she calls the dad out when she says, "If Mr. Park came in right now, you'd scatter like cockroach." Right. Yeah. You know, and he, oh, and he and gets that pissed scene, off, and, right. and he's not joking. And no. He's only joking after he he's serious. Hundred percent. He jokes yeah. when he realizes no one laughs at his joke, and it's a confusion of emotion, which is what we experience in genre at the same moment because at the same moment now we have a horrified disfigured woman ringing a bell going please let me in and then she's like in the pouring come downstairs with me so now we're in a horror movie andrew corns is next at andrew corns 13 he was just on our return to the cuckoo's nest episode great Uh, job yeah he did a phenomenal job on that he's awesome I'm going to ask this question directly to you, Joe, because I feel like you're the most equipped to answer it. Is there a country that's made more original, thought-provoking cinema in the 21st century than Korea? 
Parasite feels like the culmination of two decades of masterful storytelling by a handful of directing giants that the world finally took notice of. You already kind of spoke to that with Zeta's question, but just if you want to add anything to that. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's just so much from, you know, kind of old boy through now and, you know, Park, Park and Bong, they've been doing this for, you know, that amount of time. Train to Busan. Yeah, and I, I think other countries, I think, France has done really cool things with like horror movies in the past like 10 15 years but I think in terms of like general range of films not that no one's touching South Korea. Up next we have Peterson W Hill. He's got a, a bevy of questions here from uh PWH and he asks what do you make of Bong wrestling with class disparity in these two very particular ways? One, Ramdan is seen as a lower class dish but made in the film with elected ingredients, the sirloin. We didn't talk about the Ramdan. Oh, and that uh, Which looked, looked delicious. Oh, so oh, fucking good. God, that looked oh, so that good. steak she was cutting. <laughs> looked incredible. She's like, quickly cut steak. I'm oh. like, that's the nicest steak I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I really good. Wanted, I, I just want Ramdan. What's Bong hitting on here? I mean, he answered his own question, I think. It's class. Yeah, right. yeah, I mean, it's the, the two the two. It's not together. the... the the loaded, loaded. What's a lower class dish? Is what he's saying. It's so a lower it's, class dish with sirloin right. steak. But they are rich family feeding on the lower is, class. Literally, literally, <laughs> literally and it's the same as like feed me drugs, put on your shitty panties. It's right. like right. yo, know, make right. us this lower class it's, dish, it's like, but with like, high class ingredients. It's like a right. poverty tourism. There's always that, and that, she knows how to make it in seconds because she's lower class. Mm. And that's always been a dress. theme through. You know, history itself, like the Queen loving Shakespearean plays about, exactly. you know, poor people or uh, lower class people and but, stuff like that. It's, oh, it's natural. But yeah. French food is started as peasant food, right? Right. To his next question, Artie, you spoke on this a little, and Joey, you spoke on this a little too. So I'll just throw it out there. And if you feel you want to add anything on, because I think you kind of thoroughly answered this already just with your regular discourse. What do you think Bong is up to with the use of sexual fantasy that's played out through fetishistic role play of the servant class. Yeah, Joey made a good point, right? He gets off on power. Yeah. It's like power and voyeurism. And like yeah. they're not intimate. He's he's it's functional. It's not intimate. I, it's functional. I, I also already I liked your like reference to the fact that it's this dry sex kind of thing where there's no They don't take their clothes off. Yeah, there's that's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. a choice. They could have had sex. Literally they could have had sex on the couch. With the family under the under the table, and they didn't. They instead said weird things to each other. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally, Peter P. W. H. goes. Uh, <laughs> Bong hits on the aspiration of America several times. The tent, cowboys and Indians, college in Chicago. Does the poor family see America as a place where social mobility is actually possible? That's interesting. Well, there is a bunch of references to America, and we get we get uh, his his friends studying abroad. We don't. Does he say where abroad he is? Doesn't. But I, I, I think, think it's it a, seemed Europe is what I got see, out of it. I, I took America I just it was America. Because, oh, you both thought America just okay. because of how quickly he went to I Chicago, it was Chicago. You know, Chicago, Illinois. I just thought that was so in his head. Okay, good. Chicago. Yeah, good, good, good. That's why I good went that way. Right there. That's but good. Most, by the way, sorry, it's midnight. Oh, happy birthday. Oh, birthday. birthday. I'm going to drink out of a Patron bottle for the first time. <laughs> no, oh, my pour, God. Happy birthday. Pour me a shot. Kieran, I'll do a shot. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's get pour some shot Pour me a shot. Let's... I don't have a glass. <laughs> 
get my. You know what? No, it's just it's like the it's like it's like. Oh, he's uh, got it in his hand now. No, it's like it's <laughs> like up. it's like parasite. <laughs> I don't like this. Who is this? Like, Dave Attell. It's like parasite. <laughs> well, this is no. This is, it's like parasite. Let's all just take a shot. Out of oh, the, out of the out of the, out of the bottle. Yeah, we can yeah. do that. Okay. Come on, let's all be right. adults. Yeah. 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 Right. Should we say Happy birthday to you? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Kieran. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> I love we, you. We just can't have anything nice. It's unbelievable. Pass it this way. This guy don't yeah. get that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they use, that the Kims use the United States. Well, I think just in general that the parks feel like the United States is like this kind of idealistic thing to look up to because the Kims use their degree of, of uh, Jessica going to United yep. States to impress them. Uh, she buys the tent from America. It should not leak. They kind of look up to that. It's that English class. Like, that like the right. It's tutoring. So, and the only person who speaks English from it is the park's mom. Right. So I, I think that it's more the, the American kind of look upon it is more from the parks. I think the Kims, it's 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 more of a function to get in. And the yeah. University of Illinois is not a prestigious college no but you just illinois gotta, state okay it's illinois yeah, that state. doesn't matter though <laughs> it? right. oh, just the fighting america. illini right that, that just, that's not the it's point just, it's something yeah, in america it doesn't matter but and that's you can tell it's important that it's right. something in america exactly. and they're also not that it's illinois yeah and they don't know illinois from new york because because they're not familiar because they have to do the song to remember yep. illinois chicago jessica roommate so those are the twitter questions Great questions today. Good job. Yes. yes. Yeah, good 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 work. And what a what a crew we had. It is time to enter the nitpick zone. Nitpick zone. Masterful movie, not without his nitpicks. Kent, I'm going to start. Let's talk about The Rock right now. And I'm not talking about Dwayne Johnson. I'm talking about the them. metaphorical rock here. I get it, the floating, and they wanted to, it's how superficial it is. And then, get, what is this thing made of? I know you mentioned it's hollow, but like what? What? Let's what's what substance? It's supposed you know, plastic to be. doesn't make that sound falling down stone it, stairs. It's, it's yeah, suppo- it doesn't feel sound hollow. It, it sounds like a rock. It's, right. it, yeah, it's supposed to be you know a rock you find in nature, right? And when which it, would never float no. under any scenarios, never hollow but, or not. So when initially when they wrote it, he kicks it and then he picks it up in the water, but they decided when filming it, it would look better floating up and it would mean more about the shallowness of so the endeavor. I, I get it with these allegorical movies that there's going to like Shawshank Redemption talked about there's going to be some things that are not explainable within the laws of physics because they're metaphors right. like it's there it's an allegory so we get, I get that however we do need to kind of work with science some a bit sure. here so at the end of the movie he puts it in the water right and it doesn't float right right right, right. so I guess the filmmaker's trying to say something but it's also not consistent with the physics within the movie I have an issue with that maybe it floats in sewage yeah the sewage is uh, shit right. lifts it right right <laughs> Yeah, maybe and the whole maybe the whole thing is this kid's brain damaged thought. You could say that about that specific scene. You're saying the whole movie is his, is his memory, his brain damaged memory, of what went on. I'm not I don't know. That. I never thought about that till right now. <laughs>
But I, I don't. I don't think that's not any, what's happening. I don't think there's any happening. context for that. No. Yeah. no, definitely not. If there was like some mild voiceover in the no, middle, no, there's no like, evidence for that. Kind of like no, the master- no evidence of that. Yeah, if there was like a little bit of voiceover in the beginning, kind of like the masterpiece, "How Green Is My Valley," then you, then you could you could um, maybe say that. But um, John Ford. Yes. I don't Watch pop Molly, I rock John Ford. Where is the horizon in that picture? <laughs> what is it made of? I'm not done with this. Hope. <laughs> well, it's I, I it's the thing that dreams are made of. Karen. It's, a, uh, it's, it's metaphorical. Yes. It's it's a it's, it's a black mark on the moon. It's a black mark. All right. Um, so do you want to stay on the rock? Because my question yeah. is, why does he think everything's so funny, but then he doesn't think the news clipping is funny? So he thinks it's funny when he's in the court. He thinks it's funny when he's at his sister's grave, and then he's like, "But I ne- I didn't laugh when I watched the replay of the news." I was like, well, well um, what am I missing there? Joey's yeah. probably way more equipped to answer that than anyone else here. You know, I, I think a lot of that is, you know, the doctor kind of explains like this is like a normal reaction to waking up and like you need something kind of sobering to it. Like the sister's death might feel too attached, but now he takes, he feels blame and guilt for what happened since he was the first one in. So he looks at himself as the catalyst. So while, you know, the news where it's not just the court where it's about him or his mom or it's just his sister's death. Once he sees the news, it's all four of them. It's the mm. destruction of the family kind of based off his catalyst. Coming to with reality a little bit. Yeah, like I don't, it's not that he found it funny. It's just because of the surgery, the recovery was he just had an inappropriate reaction to stimulus. And then it took something super serious to kind of ground him back into the reality of things. I think it's funny too how he says the detective who didn't look like a detective and the doctor who doesn't look like a doctor is like, oh, here's everybody pretending again to be something, you know, like. Yeah. But it just not, shows his perspective. Yeah, that, like these different roles. Yeah. yeah, that people are just role playing. Yep. Wow. And they're not really who they seem to be. Listen. I do love the 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 the, um, the the guy's trailing him who trips on the, that's on great. the stairs. So that's one of my right. things. That's in yeah. my nitpick zone. <laughs> a lot of yeah. tripping in this movie. A lot of falling down stairs and revealing uh, things. I, uh, I got, I, it's I a got stairway movie. Let me, stairway let me, uh, movie. Let me go to... Movie. Yeah. Artie, do you have any nitpicks here? The free pesticide? Like, you're really going to open your window <laughs> and just let them spray? Like, they're in hazmat suits and they're spraying outdoors. The stink bug. You're I just do not gonna, like the stink bug. Gotta get rid of the stink Thank bugs. You're bro. just gonna open your window and let like live in that for I don't know. You gotta talk make a choice. Any amount of time. That's that's just talk about symbolism. That's going not on something there I could ever do. And the pesticide. I could never do that. Yeah, that would. Uh, Steve B had a visceral reaction to the to the pesticide. I which, can't do that. Yeah, was, you're dying. You're dying. Yeah. You're giving yourself cancer. Like, and he's just, he's just breathing it in, flipping the pizza boxes poorly. Poorly. Okay, let's talk about the stairs. I have written down, Jay, because this goes into what you were just saying with falling down the stairs. Okay. The Scooby-Doo, four of them tripping down the stairs is one, like, to, to further the plot of them. I mean, like... Like Scoop! I get, <laughs> I, get, I get that they're drunk. I get that they all want to hear what's going on. There's a lot of listening behind walls in this movie, but like that was very Scooby Doo. Those very great. Right, right, they have their heads Spazoid around. They, they poke yeah. their heads around the corner on top of each other. You know, like in a line. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and then I mean, they all fall so, down the stairs. It's so Looney Tunes. First really they all is. fall down the stairs, and then they in later in the movie he drops the stone down the now, stairs, which okay, gives so up I his was point. Going there next, but now that I can at least like. 
I can at least excuse that just because of yeah. the, the extreme yeah. fear and tension. Like there's a right. there's a killer around the corner. You have no idea what's this there. This is just like this is like what like why yes, like right. why are you like uh, agree blah, 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 top and they roll like bowling pins down the and I have to think maybe it's just fun you know having some fun like yeah. it's like oh this is a trope that you see in things and we're gonna throw it in here yeah maybe he has to write something yeah. he really Joe. does have a great sense of humor he has a fantastic he's hilarious and 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 you know what. When you listen to interviews with him and he gets the room going laughing through a translator. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's hard enough to have a comedic tone yourself. So impressive. Joe, any nitpicks? You got nothing. Nothing. No, Joe. Joe's more in nitpick defense mode here, which we got to appreciate. This. Someone's got to do that, too. I have a big one. Um, a big one, but a little one. When you survive strangulation, okay, being, like, garroted through that, that whatever device, he, he, the wire with the thing, like, you know what it is. And you're running from someone. Like, you're actively running from someone. You're being chased. You take the time to look back and see how close the guy is. Like, why would you not take the time to pull the, the tail that you're leaving behind you with a handle on it, mind you, that the guy can just... Like, he doesn't have to catch up to you anymore. He just has to get within six feet of you, grab it, and now he can strangle you again. Like, I, can, I, don't, I don't even... I don't want to buy, like, oh, well, he was in panic mode. No, because he like looked back. Like, so why wouldn't you, anyone would grab that thing or maybe even take it off your neck? Kieran, you're 100 percent right. Uh, strangulation, yeah. you lose oxygen. I think it's quick. great. No, you're no. 100% right. Yes, you're right. Strangulation's very. You're 100 percent right, though. If I'm running and I know someone's chasing me and I have a, a leash around me with a long chain that tightens it. As I'm running, as I'm running, I'm taking it off me. Or you, or Period. you grab it, or you grab it and pull it in front of you so he can't grab it. Right. And and Joe. I get what you're saying, but the look back, the look back is key. Now, if he's running out of panic, then I get it. Just oh my god, and he's just running. I get it. But he he looks back to figure out how far he is. Why does it matter how far he is when he only needs to get six feet from you to grab right. it? So like, I, I, I hindsight is twenty twenty. I guess. Great call. Not when you're in the calls. moment, you're not thinking. The look yeah. back. The look back is a miss in this movie. Great I mean, call. Granted, this movie's a masterpiece, but and one little blemish is completely acceptable. But there's just one little blemish there. He should have just. He should have just ran in panic. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! And and ran and then grabbed. I think it adds to the tension, right? The look back is saying, "Oh, is he close enough to grab it?" So we keep running up, and it's banging off the stairs. And now we're thinking, "Is he going to?" grab it before he gets to the top or is he not going to grab it it's for me it's adding to the tension because right. the look back is saying there's a very good possibility that he does grab that's this a great but point. you're hoping that he gets away from it but yeah. that's a yeah. great point it adds to the tension okay what do you think about mr kim's letter at the end to his son we're talking morse code now right right okay no we, this is where it ends with the nitpick song because i have this too this okay. is my last one too it's yeah. a very long letter for no morse code it's <laughs> an extremely long it's letter totally fake. and this is is that what you think it's him all right all right okay Artie, Artie, i like good point i like where you're going with that let's hold off let's let's let the nitpick let's let the nitpick fester and breathe a bit and then we'll go to you yeah faster and breathe um Two of my, like fav- two my favorite some, words. He's using some extensive vocabulary. Right. When letter. I was like, on my like, fourth viewing, I'm like, you did not have to use this many words in this has, letter. Has it's like, anyone, I'm still alive. Get help. Has here. And anyone this, dealt this with Morse code before? <laughs> Fuck Morse code. It is like, it is the most 
fucking dry, annoying thing, and that being right. oh, was that a long or a short? And if you're in a fucking a... basement, all you're doing is doing s o s over yes. and over. Oh yes, every night I'm 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 morsing the first chapter of a tale of well, two cities. Well, tonight was a wonderful night. <laughs> it was the, the best of times. Was, it was the, the worst sun time. set a little later. The snow barely passed off. Like come on, two families in each on other sides. Yeah, and and does he catch it in the middle of the letter, and right, then he waits to the beginning to again? Like, how does no. he get that whole letter? Just I guess, go every just night till you get right, it. Right, right, now, right. don't don't underestimate sheer boredom. I mean, he has nothing to do. Right. So, and, and he could he could do, do the emancipation past a lot too, because he goes home twice during this. Right. He goes once, and he starts jotting down, and he also he goes, goes home a second time. So it gives you that sense of and he keeps every, going. Yeah, every it's night. a good point that you make. Yeah. He's going back every night to try right. to catch it. So, Artie, you, you want to say maybe that it's not real? I think everything that he thinks happens where he goes back and checks the lights and sees his dad sending light messages. Everything after that is all fake. You're really selling the brain damage. You're, you're thinking that brain damage is like it's got yeah. him. like the like, yep. yeah. Everything after that incident occurred. It tracks I, a bit. I don't agree, but it tracks. That's a there's no perfectly. It's a perfectly valid interpretation of the movie. Not mine, but again, what, do what, you, what do you? What do you think happened? I think he goes there, and and the guy has got nothing else to do, and he's like, you know, Desmond and Lost Styles. Just he's just hitting the button, doing doing his thing, and he goes back every night and and figures out this this letter, and then comes to peace with his dad being down there. Uh, I think his dad is down there. You his know? dad's down there. Yeah. I so that, that part's real. So how does he know that his dad's down there? He's at home with the brain injury. If we know that his dad is down there, yep. then he knows. Because yeah. he's telling us. So yeah. he's got some part of it right. Right. So you're saying either he just assumes that he's down this there. This letter he writes is not going anywhere. No, the one that he writes is yeah. not going anywhere. I think the dad's down there and he's stuck. And the son wakes up with a brain injury and 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 thinks that... His dad is down there, and the way he manifests this is his dad sends him a message. Maybe the kid is romanticized. It's him. unclear as to how mentally damaged he is. It's totally unclear. Like he could be, he could be fucking delusion. He could be. He re- literally could be in the hospital still. He might not. He might not even be out in the world. He might be in a, a cooking. So you're nest. agreeing with me? I'm saying your 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 opinion is valid, and it could be real. It's not my read. My read is is that. Is that the dad is down there morsing every day, really flexing his SAT words, but uh, yeah, using long sentences. It. Yes, right. Not not su- not succinctly right. talking, and no. that's why it was a nitpick. You know, I, Simple SOS. Help me. What? Yeah, uh, actually, we've we've abbreviated "help me" to SOS. Like right. we don't even need we don't even need. I think no, that's not what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. When you have 24 hours to kill, I think you put that out there every night, hoping, and I think yeah. the sun goes back every night because and he gets the message. And oh, yeah. overall, and he fills in blanks to the story. And, and the sun writes. A, the sun writes a letter that he'll never deliver. But that the letter right. is him trying to manifest his future. And that's all, because the the driving force from the sun early on was just this kind of drive towards wealth, and that was for him the stone i think now his drive is towards wealth for his father and the his new drive will be the letter like the letter he's writing is ultimately to himself yeah 
I agree. Yeah, is, it's it's just a way to getting his thoughts and emotions yeah. on paper. Yeah. Isn't it a cr- incredible and ironic how they spent this whole movie trying to get into this house and they end up the father ends up being in the yep. house but not in the way he wants yeah. to be in that yeah. house. Yeah. He's yeah. he's a prisoner now in this house. They went from being the stars, the rock stars of that living room to now being a prisoner in the house. It's Brilliant. so ironic. Da, da, da. It's like uh, when Michael Chiklis. It's like when Michael Chiklis ends up behind the desk in the shield. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! Like, oh man, that's the last thing he wanted. He no, just ruined a seven season. Spoiler alert! One of the best endings of it any show like ever. One of the best no, se- you know. series finales you know. ever. MVP. Here we go. Okay. BBC Awards MVP. Jay, I would like you to um, to go. You you started off our season, Lawrence of Arabia. We haven't seen you since. So. Uh, you know, I mean, I've seen you many times since, but not on the mic. Yeah, so. be, as we trek through the desert, long time no see. Yes, <laughs> that's right. I see, you, I see you wearing black marching toward me as I'm drinking out of the wrong well, and I'm concerned as to how you're going to handle that. MVP. Uh, bong. 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 I mean, is that not the obvious one? But I have to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, everything is so meticulous. I try to add the participation award. I tried to help add to it but everything is so well taken care of in this film and it goes back to the who's ever in charge well you've mark corrected my mvp <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, no that is the mvp yeah, and yeah. and i will change my mvp to that you know uh, my on-screen mvp is song kong ho mr kim on it, it but but you know that's my on-screen mvp Bong Joon-ho is the absolute the MVP. This, I've gotten too married to the screen there. It's re- I, I, you know, that's it's, this, Jay, you said it perfectly. Yeah, I mean, Jay, uh, Joe. I literally have written down, Bong Joon-ho is the answer, but Sung Kung Ho to keep it simple, to keep it separate, and then you did that, so now I'm just... You're, yeah, you're riding <laughs> along. Um, and Artie? Uh, I figured everyone would say Bong Joon-ho, so I went with Hong the director of photography great answer that's a good call it should have been up for cinematography that's uh that yeah that's a that's a good call okay we're moving on to lvp here joey i'm gonna have you go first you're the the famous lvp guy here this what do is, you have oh, very hard very this hard. is the hardest yeah. one and this is actually the first time i haven't picked in like a character Ooh, because wow. i i couldn't i didn't feel anyone wow. justified um, I underst- episode fifty seven. Yeah. So this is a, this is really it's it that's a stretch there. You yeah. had yep. a character every time. So every yeah, single time. time. This is the only time I haven't, and um, I, I understand why this thing was done, but the tutors hitting on and hooking up with the sophomore in fucking high school. I understand it was there to get into the family and manipulate and the grooming, the grooming. But I I fucking hated it. Yeah. Because that it, is it, the it's the least valuable thing because there's has to be better ways. It Make is him- like it is kinda like I, I thought about this time. It's like it's kinda like shockingly seedy. Um now the age difference isn't wildly dramatic. Not that that matters. I'm just saying it. We're we're we're, we're talking about college students and Yeah. We're talking about probably like a five to six year difference there but everybody it, it, makes a point i'm gonna ask really, her out when she it's gets very seedy yes. and it's kind of like something that we'd see in like a 60s movie yes. and not like something you'd see in it it's the kind of thing that like a lot of the film twitter people of today will condemn the old movie from for. the 50s for and it's this is in their beloved like this is in their beloved parasite which yeah it, I, it is a little shocking to yeah me. I, I, I would agree that's I, that's I, a good call yeah yeah uh jay peaches <laughs> Millions of peaches, peaches for free. Outro. Is that your outro? That it is now. 
Peaches make this all possible. Peaches come from a can. They were put there by a man in a factory downtown. Right? Nope, there you go. LVP, Artie. Uh, my LVP is the driver Yoon. <laughs> driver Yoon, the first driver. <laughs> you get, you always know you're in trouble when they say your profession before your name. Yeah, you know? driver oh, Yoon. It's the, Mailman Joe. The, Mailman Joe is always going to be the LVP. So anyway, the first driver, he sucked. Driver Yoon. Hopefully he got. Hopefully he recovered from the, his the patsy horrible allegations that but, he faced. Okay, so my LVP. This is extremely hard here. I I I scratched a couple LVPs for us, but. I'm going with the daughter of the Park family. The high. Yeah. Um, and again, son. not again, not like a real problem in this movie. It didn't take anything away from any of my watches. But if I'm just really talking about who's bringing what to the screen, like I feel like her scenes were maybe the most limited scenes in the movie. And I think it goes back to my LVP too. I think she was just very, very much seen through, you know, Min and then. Um, Kiwu is just a, a a tool to kind of get in. Participation award. Show a little love to someone that you couldn't give the MVP to, but you want to uh, give him give him some action here. Marty, Park Myung Hoon, the guy in the basement. The basement man. Basement man. Yes. He's good. He's good. What He's an really insane character. He's good. Just, we haven't really talked he, he a ton about his performance. Everything. He kills yeah. every scene he's in. The blood on the face in the end. It's I love like, when he looks at Mr. Park and he's like, you know, and Mr. Park's like, do we know each other? Respect. <laughs> yeah. There's like moments where like I was like, is he the LVP? Like, because this is like really over the top going for it. But then and you remember like, he's in a basement for four years. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah it's like, no. Okay. No, I, and it kind of, you no, need crazy. like, he's also kind of the boogeyman in the movie. Yep. Like he's the kid's boogeyman. Like right. it's. And he kills Jessica. Yeah, it's kind you know, of fucking. It it's kind of fucking awesome. Yep. Like, He's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, thank that, you. Yeah, good, good choice. Thank you, Joseph. Production design. Mm-hmm. I think you Love know it. they just made this world two very different worlds, and I, I, it's it's brilliant. I couldn't believe that they built that house right. from scratch. And literally, like he he said, a, a Bonjour said that when they, you know, when it was time to, to destroy it, because when you build a set and you know he doesn't just stay there unless right. it's Oliver he's like wow like that like that hurt <laughs> that hurts a little bit like that like this is like this is my vision this is my strike he he structured he drew the house and they yeah. built the set like it's fucking amazing the, the, and, and he the said, comment his, his, about the the architect t- taking over is hilarious he's like I would never draw this this is fuck this house no one would draw a fucking house like this this is fucking stupid and he's like well I, I drew it yeah <laughs> Like, um, oh. But he, he like he, he was when when they knocked it down. He goes, he's like you know, part of me hurt, and, and then he kind of just part of it was like, I want to live here. Like, <laughs> I, I kind of want, I want to live in this house. Like, oh, let's. Why are we knocking it down? I'll, I'll stay. Jay, participation award, production designer. Yeah, same same thing there. Yep. Yeah, great call. The lighting too. I mean, I was going to give it to the cinematography for a second, but my honorable mention is Artie's MVP. It's uh, Hong Kyun Po, the the director of photography. And yeah, I mean, dude, I, I this is this should have been up for cinematography. I mean, I'm not going to like stop. Yeah, my like it really, really, yeah. really should have been. Yeah, the usage of camera to tell the story, to tell the themes, to the ups, the downs of the movie. A director can only do so much. He needs to have 
his right hand to to execute. And to me, the DP in this did it, did it wonderfully. Jay, you didn't get your quote out there, so throw the, throw the quote out. <clears throat> My quote is, money is an iron from Chung Sook. Yeah. She wow. talks about how money is an iron. It irons out all of their problems. She also talk about a double entendre, too, because you talk about the elements of it all. We have the big rock in the mix there, too. It's, uh, it's an iron and, and an iron. It goes to show how you know we all look up to money as like this thing that's going to solve all our problems. Very and cool. It Very doesn't cool. for them, for most Very people. Cool. Uh, scene of the film. Kind of a hard one because there's just so many candidates. Artie, I'll have you go first. I said mine already. It's the scene where they're all practicing acting. <laughs> I, lo- I love it. That's I love my that favorite that's scene. Cool. That's very cool. Yeah, nice That's touch. my favorite scene. Yeah. Joe. You know, I'm going to do one that we haven't talked about just because I feel like we've given so much love. When the family all kind of has their wins and they're, they've all in and the guy comes down pissing down the hallway. The son, Kiwuko, grabs the rock and goes out to confront him and we have the slow motion fight with the guy. I'm glad that you that you picked that because that's where I'm going to fight you a little oh, bit cool. Joe because I feel like that's if there's yeah. been a moment of divisiveness like in this podcast it's is that is that you saying like they're they're hungry they're searching for food they're desperate like they have a slow mo feature on their smartphone like how desperate are they like I'm saying they're they're able to film a homeless man like they're not the lowest class and I think that's a key feature to this well, movie. Well, they're semi-basement. That's the point feature. of the semi. They, 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 haven't, they, they can smartphone film a homeless man getting sure. water doused on him. Yeah, and, they're not and bottom. On it. They're not. Their, their apartment is half under water. Right. They say semi-basement many times. Yeah. I just think it's something we haven't talked about yet. So to yes, bring the it return up. to Parasite will really take the gloves really? off. Really? Well, we? Yeah, we'll do that next right. week, yeah. right? <laughs> return to Parasite next we'll week. We'll be next Thursday. My scene of the film is because I just think this is an incredible... I think it's a funny line. I think it's it it's shows Bong's humor. It's after the housekeeper films them falling down the stairs and, and reveals that they're all family and they've got this great big plot and plan and she's threatening to send it to the parks and the dad says to his daughter turns to Jessica and says, she can't send this. There's no reception in this basement, right? And the daughter says, no, my, my Wi-Fi is working fine. And he <laughs> goes, amazing. fuck. <laughs> he goes, amazing. fuck. It's really amazing. Because literally, missing Wi-Fi is not a rich person's problem. They get Wi-Fi everywhere. It's a, that's poor people's that's problem. That's a poor people problem. That's and amazing. And so he thinks, he thinks he, you know, he thinks everyone's going to have that problem, not these people. They get oh, Wi-Fi everywhere. Fantastic. I would love to pick the last sequence there that I mentioned before, but it's not really seen. I got to go the ring, right? The ring. Doorbell? The doorbell yeah. into the ring. And the, ah, oh, you're the new housekeeper. Like, it's so unsettling. And, and there's one other moment that I have to call to because it's the moment where I'm like, oh, this isn't the movie I thought I was watching. Is is when you when they come down the stairs and, and see her... V- Fucking, she's sideways. Oh, she's sideways. She's, sideways. She's, she's fucking she's horizontal. Most, she's fucking horizontal, pushing the thing. Yeah. Help me! Help that me. is the most like, traumatizing oh, scene this, of the is movie. Is this gonna turn into like hereditary right now? Like, what's happening? Like, I, like I, yeah. I, I didn't see the A twenty four sign before this thing. Like, no, th- it is like it's so jarring. It's so uncomfortable. It, it, it derails you. It literally derails you from 100%. what you're watching. So. 
Um, what a shot. What yeah. an image. Yeah, fantastic. Time machine oh, recast. Like Take boring. anyone. This is this is hard. This is this is a, an advanced situation here. Take <laughs> anyone from any movie, put them into this thing. I really like Park Myung Hoon. He's Gun C. Gun Su. Like I think he did a good job. I really like him. But he was the one I chose to recast because I was just thinking, like, I want deranged. So when I think of deranged people who have been trapped, I go right to old boy. And I said, put uh, Choi Min Sik in here, who plays the lead in Old Boy. And I think that would be a fun. Him with Bong Joon Ho, I think that'd be a really fun cool. take on it. Love it. Jay, what do you got for me? So maybe I copped out, um, but I recasted The Rock. <laughs> As The Rock? As <laughs> 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 if yeah. you smell I, right. what the rock is floating and instead he gives the people elbow to the kid at the end worst move in this show. I recasted uh, it with the Tarantino suitcase you know just, uh, or the all, all the Maltese Falcon it's this rock. thing that oh, they're chasing oh, after oh, no, I mean, I, I screwed up a little bit in in this. Is that I'm not I'm not putting a Korean actress into this. It's a Japanese actress, you know. I, 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 but I, I do I, I recast my LVP. So we're we're taking out the daughter of the Park family. I put in uh, Chaikai Kuriyama, who plays Gogo in Kill Bill One. Oh, that's good. I think there's a a bit of like kind of a devious, seductive. Vibe that she can bring to that. Yeah, um, like a more of a Lolita from her type. Thing, yeah, you know? yeah. I don't know that that character needs to necessarily. I think that character should remain innocent. But True. there was like, there were line deliveries there that needed to have a little gusto in it. Cutting room floor. Take a scene out. Joe, where did you go with this? I had a lot of trouble with this. I really couldn't think of anything. Like, not, the, you had nothing. Because the one place I thought about going was the Mercedes dealership. But that was such an important part of the planning of the heist that it, I couldn't take it out. Like right. the, so, the thing I wanted to take out didn't make sense to take out. Oh, I love the Mercedes. It's a great scene, yeah. and, it, and it like it did some like it saved them from the nitpick yeah. zone. It's like, how does this guy know how to drive exactly. this car? Exactly. So like, I couldn't. Yeah. yeah, it was brilliant. It's very funny too. The scene's very yeah. important, and it's funny too. It's, it's funny. like that's a little touch of comedy. Yeah, so yeah. I could, it had it's a stack Spielberg. Yes, yes. yes. I didn't go with anything. Um, Jay, uh, I'm cutting this scene with the pisser. I I'm gonna of that say too, I'll say the second scene with the pisser. Right, well, we have him once, we and then we need, have him twice. I don't think we need don't to. We? Although I do think that's very funny. That you know, scene, I, I, the slow motion water. Like, you know what it is? Stuff, I think we need it, to see the first scene. Min steps it up. Second scene, he steps step up. up. Yeah. I think the usage of technology in that second scene is essential for identification of the part. It's also a good part. The Kim family, sorry. It's also a good part to footnote that Kieran has a, a technology fetish when it comes to judging ah, films right. and criticizing Will this films. Movie be dated and, <laughs> How and, dare they use a pager in 1999? Fax machine. <laughs> <laughs> fax machine. Yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I do love that. Every time that I watch is a film, I'm like, oh, what would Kieran think about them using this is, technology? <laughs> is that a phone booth? For me, the cutting room floor, just, God, I, I'd love for one of you guys to come back at me on this one, but. The scene where, like, they're kissing in the room and she's like, you're distracted, like, you're thinking of someone else, like, I I don't know. I mean, maybe they're showing the escalation of the relation. I just don't know that we needed that. So, because that's where it leads into the next thing when they're watching the party and he says, like, it, do it, I fit? Because it's all about he's distracted by whether or not this is something that he could actually pull off because of 
all the chaos of the night before, and he feels like exposed. Yeah, I just would the would the movie would the movie's value go down without Here's that the, scene? I think the part where them him's talking about him fitting in is needed. The, them making out, yes, please get rid of that. Yeah, yeah, like I don't need that. <laughs> it's your LVB. Yeah, there so, we go. You know, yeah. I I I feel like that whole scene could have been cut, and the movie would be just as good, if not better. I but. think we need to see him more insecure now after we kind of saw his confidence raise mm. because okay. he's about to get his. And maybe it adds some some relevance to her carrying him out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is the Oscar revaluation. What it won versus what it... So it won four awards. It won director, international film, screenplay, and it won picture. All right, so we're going to choose for it to only win one. I'm taking international out of the mix. This is the only best picture winner that won international. It's kind of an awkward situation anyway. So we're just, It's let's fair just, to take it out of the yeah, mix. Let's, let's throw that out of the mix there. And then we're going to pick one... If it, if it was up for all, so the, the the two that it was up for that didn't win were editing and production design. So let's let's say here now, it wins picture and one other one. Where are you going, Joe? Production design. So it just wins picture and direct and and production. We can only do one, right? Yeah. Picture production design. I want to like go. A, I feel that's like, like a grand hotel win. You know, what, I, I mean, feel like you know, I feel, <laughs> the answer is director, but I'm trying to keep. You yeah, know, it's got to be director honor, and director for me. Honorable yeah. mention was production design, so I went there. But yes, it's director. But trying to keep it interesting. Boy, we're back in the RDB <laughs> studios, and we got a hurricane going yeah, on. Holy right shit. Jesus Christ! Waiting for the Wicked Witch of the West to come going past. It. Uh, Jay, one other Oscar other than picture. What's it winning? It was nominated for editing. It was, yeah. Editing. Editing and picture, I love. I love it. Just it doesn't win director or screenplay, but just right. but wins. Well, I feel like director. I mean, you're up against Tarantino, who did a great job, and um, a couple other big names, and so it's kind of more understandable if you gave it. Not that That's he didn't a do a great point. job. That's a you good know? point with the other ones that were up. But we when you look at a vacuum, but I, I right. get that. Yeah. And I was gonna say like cinematographer, but I'm looking at something that it was nominated for. It's nominated for editing, and the movie is so fast and quick and snappy and crisp that it's like, how is that? How is that not? Yeah. It's director for me. Director picture. Yeah. You know, uh, already. <laughs> yeah, director. Director picture. Okay. Now the six that it was up for, it wins five, but not one. Which one are you? This is a hard one. Which one are you giving up? Real. So, it's picture, director, screenplay. Foreign feature, which we're we're taking out of it. That's probably the answer. Is like if right. it's going to win best picture, does it have to win? We'll give right. it to the other one. So we're taking that one out of it. So editing and production design. I'm going to go editing, which is Jay's. Uh, one. It I'm going to go editing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the first time that's ever happened. <laughs> what was the first? I mean, one? it has to be editing. I know. I'm going to go. Not when you Direct put it, it that way. I'm going to go editing. Editing yeah. should win, but that has to be the answer. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk one to fives here. Performances oh is one is the first section. How it's shot, how it's presented is the second section. And then themes. We'll go performances first. Does anyone not have a five? No. No. Jay? No, I'm, I'm a notorious this five is, giver. I, I honestly think it's one of the best ensemble casts we've discussed. I would agree it's up there. And, and this is a five for me. So we have all have fives for that. How the movie shot, how it's presented on screen. Does anyone have anything less than a five? No. No. We have a consensus five. And no. I'd love for someone to shock me here, but this is the easiest five no. I've ever given. Yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no, no, so no, we have, no. We have, we have four hosts going five, five, five. Correct? Confirmed? Yeah. yeah. Let's, Let's move in. on. One in 92s. Uh, top third. Top third for me. I would definitely say that. Top 25 probably. 
I'm realistically like worst case is like ten to fifteen. I think we're looking like Whoa. we could be top ten. Like we're fifty seven yeah. movies into this. Jay? I have no idea where I rank the other ones. <laughs> so it makes me look bad. Listen, but I'm, I was thinking mid 25. I'll just good. put it this way. I, I like I like to leave some ambiguity with the rankings, but there's three movies in this season that could end up in my top 10. Yeah. And there's a fourth that's going to have some fun. So I'll, we'll just, we'll just leave it. It's going to have some fun. It's going to have some fun. If you just watched. Parasite. Where would you go next? What would you do? Double feature, or maybe the next day? Maybe you need a palate cleanser. Maybe you need to keep the. Yeah, I have a recommendation. Go watch Okja. 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 Okay. Jay, we spoke about yours. Yours was uh, uh, Memories of Murder. Correct. Wonderful film. That was one on, I considered too. On Hulu. Uh, Joe. Uh, the Handmaiden, 2016, directed wow. by Park Chan Wook. It's a fantastic movie. Cool. Yeah. All right. So mine, uh, I wanted to do a Hitchcock and I was like, do I want to do artsy Hitchcock or do I want to, you know, so I, I kind of went more of like, let's let's go introductory. Like if someone has never seen a Hitchcock movie before, they don't want to really tackle like one of the big ones like like Psycho or 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 um, or Rear Window or something like that. Like something that like give me Hitchcock I've never heard of. And go. I went with a movie that's starring a, a potential future Best Picture cast, Hall of Famer in Ray Milland. It is Dial M for Murder. Just nuts and bolts. Great storytelling, Hitchcock. It's it's shot like a play. We're in a room for most of the movie. It features the endlessly wonderful Grace Kelly, one of the most beautiful women ever caught on film. I love her. Right. Correct. Ray Milland is it's his second best performance of his career. And dude, the movie just fucking rocks great and it's tension, like great tension it's great tension and it's just you're never bored you're never looking for your phone you're never doing that is it the deepest most symbolic hitchcock movie of all time no but it's, it's fun. a fun watch but it's a fun yeah. watch it's Always. a great yep. watch and i think it could be a gateway for you to get into more hitchcock so dial m for murder there it's would awesome be, would be mine so cool Joey, you're going to take us through this it's not a who should have won podcast but we do like to discuss these movies I've seen them all except for one because I don't watch Timothy Chalamet movies. But um, I've seen all of them. Yes. Oh, you've seen them all. Right, so yeah, where are you going to start us off with? I'm going to start us off with 1917. Whoa, you're going with the you're going with the what should have won. What what what? No, not not what should have won. You're going with what could have won because this was the favorite going. And I like it. Yeah. So, April 6, 1917. As an infantry battalion assembles to wage war in enemy territory, two soldiers are assigned to race against time and deliver a message that will stop 1,600 men from walking into a deadly trap. This is directed by Sam Mendes. It yes, it is. is a great one. Let's, uh, I mean, talk about coming full circle. I'm kicking it to Jay. We're kicking it to Jay, yes. Saw this movie twice in the theaters in the span of a week. <laughs> wow. And, Just and a great American trip. Beauty to hear. Talk about the, the wow, coming full circle. Incredible. It was. Ju- it's just like a great trip as a no, movie, you fun. know? It's like from the first second to the last second, you're on the edge of your seat. So it's a fun, it's a very, very fun watch. Yeah, I, I saw this in theaters with with. My entire family, my dad, my brother, my sister, which is, I think, maybe the only time I've ever done that, like, as an adult. Listen, the movie's, the movie is awesome, but this is the token one that wins, and people complain that the other one should have won, (laughs) and it, it, this is, this year, they kind of got it right, you know, so. Shout out um, to Deacons, too. 
Oh, Roger Deakins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. big time. Yeah. The best. He's like a, he, he's like one of those like gets nominated seven times, never wins, and he's gonna be this tragic Oscar. And then he wins just like three years in a row. Has he yeah. never he won? Time. He's at this point he's won a few times. He didn't win for nineteen seventeen. He did. He did yes. Yeah, I was gonna say. He should have. Yeah, he did. What do we got next, Joe? Ford versus Ferrari. Oh. Uh, no. Well, okay. American car designer Carroll Shelby and driver Ken Miles battle corporate interference and the laws of physics to build a revolutionary race car for Ford in order to defeat Ferrari at the 24 Hours of Le Mans in 1966. Le Mans. This is Le one of those Mans. movies. Yeah, yeah. This is one of those movies where I, I think the title didn't do it justice because going in, I was like, oh gosh, what's this? <laughs> I, I love that. You take. know, and I then I, yeah, and good. then I watched the movie. I'm like, damn, that was a good movie. Really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> love for Ferrari it was in our one of our tournaments, yeah. sports, sports sports movie tournament, sports movie tournament. Mm, best pick. It, it's it's 10th place. It's a good movie. I'm sorry, it's ninth place for me. The Timothy, Timothy Shalamama Bay movie is, is Rough less. Rough uh, Timothy Shalamama Just out of default. Um, but uh, yeah, it's best picture, though. One of, uh, it was one of the best it's pictures very of the I year. Liked it. But you know I what it is? It. This is a year I with Uncut it. Gems, Midsommar, like all these like big movies. Like I think there's things that could replace it. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Thank you, next. Jojo Rabbit, a Love young it. German boy in the Hitler Youth whose hero and imaginary, fr imaginary friend is the country's dictator is shocked to discover that his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their home. JJR, what do you got, Jay? This is like this might be my favorite movie of that year. Wow. JoJo Rabbit. Yeah. Just dark comedy and but hopeful and very poignant at the end. And Scarlett Johansson has a great character in it and does a great job. It's and it and it's different. Yeah. It's you good. know. No, I, I love a quirky it. comedy. I'm high on Jojo Rabbit. I, I'm a big fan. I was very happy it got nominated this year. I thought it was going to be one that like, I really liked and just kind of got lost. So I was real happy with the nomination. Yeah, this movie didn't hit for me for whatever reason. I, I, I don't know what it was. I mean, Rebel Wilson is just horrible. hilarious. She borderline hilarious. ruined this, <laughs> this movie. You know, I like, Sam Rockwell is hilarious, too. Yeah, that guy yeah. could do a lot. He didn't work for me in this one, either. I, oh, I, wow. Yeah, okay. I, this, this one just didn't connect. I love, the, I love the David Bowie stuff at the end, but... Oh, yeah. Um, Thank right. you, next. Next is Joker. Mm. The Rise of Arthur Fleck. Complicated From entry. aspiring stand-up comedian pariah to Gotham's clown prince and leader of the revolution. Joker. Sequel, right? Yeah, Coming it's filming. Sequel. Talk about a Gaga's acting. She's going to be in the in the mix there on that one. Joker. I saw it in the theater. haven't seen it since. Uh Man, I don't know. This is this is the two sides of this. It's like one of those like when I initially saw it and everyone loved it, I was kind of like beaten up on it a little bit because it was like some obvious ripoffs in it. Yeah. But now it's gotten so buried that I kind of feel like I need to defend it a little bit. It's 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 a weird one. It, but I haven't revisited since since I saw it. In I've theater, seen it so. a couple times and it gets it goes down each time. Yeah. Jake, what are your Joker? I thought it was a good film. I only saw it once though. Yeah. So I, could, so uh, I think that maybe we watch it again. Maybe we don't. I also think Joaquin Phoenix. You guys ever see The Master? Yeah, I feel like that win was for The Master. The, the, master. Day, the master was unreal. It's the movie on my watch list. That's oh, been on there the longest. He's, yeah. I mean, it's like top ten performances. Yeah. They took it ever. off of Netflix, and it was then hard to hard to 
Yeah, it's hard, there, but, but it's a fantastic right. movie. Not that he's not great in the Joker. Listen, I'm I'll just be, glad he won yeah. for something. And I'll be after seeing watching that, the master. I, I, no, it's a great acting performance. Yeah, for sure. I buried oh, yeah. the movie. I'll be seeing the sequel. So, oh, I'll be. I'll watch. The oh yeah. Too, yeah, yeah. So, all right, Little Women. I do want to say, uh, putting Batman as a kid in there yeah, is fun. The it gave me gave me Gotham vibes. No, nothing bad about Fox. the movie. Fox's Gotham. Honestly, like that. the discourse around the movie just made it so unbearable. Yeah, it was toxic, toxic, toxic entity. Yeah. Uh, what's next, Joe? Thank you, next. Little Women. Joe March reflects back and forth on her life, telling the beloved story of the March sisters, four young women, each determined to live life on her own terms. I thought it was good. Greta Gerwig does a great job. She, I, I thought it was really good. Yeah. But I, I, I think everything Florence Pugh does is amazing, so I don't know that I'm... You didn't read she's the cat. got a great scene where she's talking to Chalamet, right? And she's yeah, talking about her really duties good. and, and uh, yeah. yeah great a, set. It's a you great cast. You didn't read the cast list. Yeah. No, I mean, Sorcerer Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, Laura Dern, Timothy Chalamet. Thank Mellie, you, next. Bob Odenkirk. If this was trivia night, at Kieran, you better not, your answer better not be thank you, next. It better be little women <laughs> so we win. All right, next. Marriage Story by Noah Baumbach. Noah Baumbach. My low-key favorite. <laughs> this reminds me of like a Woody Allen film where like the beginning is this sort of thing where they're reciting everything they love about each other and then this whole marriage thing and relationship happens in the middle and then he goes back to the end of they're talking about what they love about each other. I think he does that in Manhattan yeah. and that's kind of the end of Manhattan. Um, so I uh, would, if this were one original screenplay too, I would have said I could have seen that. I could have seen that. I, I honestly going into the Oscars that year, I thought I, this was was my like one that I thought should have win. Like years pass, and maybe I say it's it's Parasite or or a movie we haven't mentioned yet. But dude, this movie is soul crushing. It's like, like heartbreaking. It's, it's really, yeah. it's, it's really really well written and really well acted. And you know, we haven't done Kramer vs Kramer yet, but this is like the modern day Kramer vs Kramer. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. And when Adam Driver stands up and sings the Broadway show tune, oh yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. like a moment in cinema that, that you don't kid. always get, and then right. he, and then you get that, and you're like, that's why you go to the movies for like fun shit it's, like that. It's Scarlett Johansson's best performance, in my opinion. By it's far. awesome. I agree. What's next? Once upon a time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino, a faded television actor and his stunt double, strive to achieve fame and success in the final years of Hollywood's golden age in 1969, Los Angeles. It's one of those. It's it's on. You keep it on. Hundred percent. I feel like it's Always. the most. It, it's the most. It has that quality, the strongest in any of his movies since Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. it, it it really does. Like uh, his movies are all like I don't get that. Like I don't like Inglorious Bastards isn't that like TNT like stars like sit down I have to watch it. But like once upon a time in Hollywood is is like he's in the ranch. If You're in. telling the guy to fix and change the tire or if he's dealing with with Bruce Lee like it, like you're you're not leaving the screen. Like you're in on it. And right. Tarantino considers it his best movie. Yeah. I think in many ways that and, and Pulp Fiction. I'm I'm a firm. My top three for Tarantino are Res, Res Dogs, Moore. Pulp Fiction, Hateful Eight. And and I and I just rewatched Hateful Eight this week and I so fucking confirmed that I love that movie and I, I think it's his most misunderstood movie out of all of them. I, I do love Jackie Brown and I think that's in the mix too, but I think Hateful Eight is a fucking masterpiece. But uh, and I think Once Upon a Time is right there, too. Jay, what's your Once Upon a Time? Once Upon a Time grows on me every time I watch it. I always thought it was a good movie, but the more I watch it, the more I appreciate it. So it's definitely 
gotten better with every viewing. It's more, it's like a, it was like a different Tarantino experience for me. It was about, it wasn't like chasing the suitcase. It was about just this old time in Hollywood and like glory to it and how great it was. Yeah. And scene it, with him and and the girl, uh, the little girl actor. Oh, it's fucking yeah, fantastic! It's, it's amazing. amazing. That and I sent them. The, now it's a meme when Leo's talking to himself in the in the trailer. Yeah. Like, you're fucking drinking and you're fucking and you're missing your lines. I'm just That's like, all I'm dumb and drinking. Brilliant. That's brilliant. All brilliant. Yeah. brilliant. So uh, yeah, I appreciate that movie more every time I see it. But I'm a Kill Bill Volume One. Joe, oh, Joe close the man. close the book on uh, Once Upon a Time. Watch it all the time. It's fantastic. It's my number three Tarantino. Nice. That's in the top in your top, top three. three. Love that. Yep. Love that. And the last, what do we got left? The Irishman. <laughs> he ends with the Irishman. Ooh. I fucking hate the Irishman. <laughs> An illustration of Frank Sheeran's life from World War II veteran to hitman for the Buffalino crime family and his alleged assassination of close friend Jimmy Hoffa. I do feel like there's a... Uh, I, this is a movie I have to revisit. I feel like maybe there's like a, a, a an avenue where I'm like, hey, guys, maybe the Irishman doesn't suck as much as we think it does. Irishman sucks. We've talked about a lot of tough hangs. This is a tough hang. It's just... Whew. I saw a collaboration of... of the directors that were up this year and they're there and Tarantino's like, he's like, yeah, you know, like I, I, I don't like, I don't just write a screenplay. Like I read a novel and then like I have all these things and I have unfilmable scenes and I want to do this and this and I know that they'll never be filmed. I know they're going to get cut. Some of them, they're not even going to cut. They're not even going to get filmed, but I put them in there and I just know that I can't do it. And, but I still want them in there just in case. Cause sometimes I surprise myself and I, and you know, I put them in there and we do it and we do this and that. He's like, I, I'd love, I'd love a world where I can just film everything I thought of. But I'm not making the Irishman. And Marty was sitting right next to him, and he fucking <laughs> lost it. Yeah. And they just he just like keeled over laughing, it's just like, like like laughing at it. They all bonded all. They're all fucking dying, keeling over laughing. And Marty's like, "Ah, he got me. He got me." Uh, yeah. Every time you li- watch Tarantino talk about anything, it's you appreciate he's, him he's, a thousand yeah, times more because he watches movies like like we do. Like, you, like you, those, you yeah. right? You just you, I would pay to just sit in an auditorium Without and question. watch him get interviewed just and to I'll, talk. I'll say this about Bong Joon Ho though is that he saw every single movie of everyone on that panel because he commented on yep. it and, and he's like he's like I wanted to I'm so happy I'm with Marty because I want to talk to him about that last scene of De Niro with the the door like and what what his thoughts were and one and one of the things he asked Tarantino was is that last crane shot right. of of them moving out and Tarantino was talking about how he had envisioned that scene years before he made the movie and he's like that he's like the scene haunted me because like I have to film this I have to film this and he basically built the movie around that last shot of it panning up and Sharon Tate and the houses and finding the houses to make that scene work was all this fucking amazing and Bon Joon Ho was like He's like to hear you talk about that. He's like that was the question I wanted to ask you, and now you're talking about it. And like I'm fascinated by this right now. Yeah, yeah, it's really good stuff. So, all right, guys, we did it. We crushed it. Big undertaking. Marty, thank you for hosting us parasites tonight. Joey, one thousand and one by one. The the yeah one thousand masterful co-hosts here. Uh, One thousand and one by one. Big things coming. It's we got a racer head. David Lynch rankings. Who framed Roger Rabbit and a whole bunch of good stuff already out. So go and check us out. We're having a lot of fun doing cool stuff. Great stuff. Jay, the next time we hear from you, we'll be talking Arnold again, like we did on the Gentleman's Agreement episode. It'll be T2. I love it. Vincent, <laughs> I'm your brother. <laughs> Arnold's my favorite person ever. <laughs> oh, great, great stuff. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thank you, you. You, you crushed it as always. 
Guys, thanks for talking about this one. Uh, we have a lot of fun stuff coming up. Follow us, do all that stuff. Rate, review, help us out. We love you out there in podcast land. That's all, folks. Hasta la vista, baby, right? Did I, did I jump the Bye. T2? I jumped the T2 I'll gun on that one. We'll right? be back. Yes. <laughs> there you go, T1. <laughs> This time last year is when I was getting uh, displaced out of my house, and I was watching all those movies on my phone, and you guys were giving me shit for it. <laughs> fuck, well, all, I mean, fuck all y'all. I mean, yeah. that, that was pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is our you first- You guys are consistently dicks. <laughs> yes. Look out! She's underrated as an actress. She's a really good actress. Harry, Harry, <laughs> Harry, Harry, Lester over here. It's the moon. I can't. It's scarlet. Your was made of hot If the dog. moon was made out of cheese, would you take a bite? I know I would. He's like, he's like, good thing you said yes. If you said no, I would have came at you with a tornado of teeth and fingernails. I, I don't know how to answer that question. Uh, <laughs> um, Joe, uh, what, are, what, are your, what are your JoJo rabbit thoughts? Yeah, I'm very high on it. I don't pop Molly Eric John Ford.